Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Health issues as Williams rolls out, makes one man miss, and Caleb Williams high steps his way into the end zone. 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important, so is your budget. If you're too late. Take out his duty yourself, kid, and picks up the first down. 365 Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. Word. Trying to get it done on his own. Needs some help. Needs a lot wow. of help. There's Watson. Oh, my God. Now does he have room? Nakia, he's got it. Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. That's Cobbs in motion. It's Tonga Bailoa circling out of the pocket again and sprinting down the sideline. He's got Monk in front of him and a touchdown. 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. We want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be the focus today. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. Well, hello. It is Friday. It is would be my dad's birthday, August the 4th, and happy to have you here with us today. What a day. What a morning it has been if there was a soap opera about college football realignment. Of course, we could have picked any year. In the last couple of years, the last 13 months, but also today, Paul Catalina, I'm David Smoke, and we have Jason Shear, Softy Mahler from Seattle, Grayson Grunhafer, Dennis Dodd, Dr. Livingstone at Baylor, Brett McMurphy, along with many others, and the possibility we have Jake Plummer, former Arizona State quarterback in Paul's top five. Paul, in, in one, we got a lot of things to get to to kind of build the timeline to where we are today, where we are right now. In one sentence, if you can, or a phrase, how would you describe from about 7.30 a.m. until around noon when the story with the Pac-12 
and defections and or the Big 12 and college football and the Big 10 changed? Chaos. I mean, that's what it was. It was absolute and utter chaos. And it was floated out that there was optimism that they may drill down and get this thing done because I think the Pac-12 presidents maybe or some of them said, well, we can't blame anybody but ourselves if this conference dies because it's on them and they know that some of them are going to get fired because of this. There are presidents that will be fired for this. Okay. Bottom line. And that's why I think you floated out the optimism to see if they could save something. But apparently Oregon and Washington never really intended to go to that meeting and sign a grant of rights. They just went to go to that meeting to tell them, hey, since we're all here in the room, we might as well just tell you. Or maybe there was one more change that perhaps would change their mind, but it seems like their feet were out the door. Uh, right now, the Big 12 with still 13 teams once Texas and Oklahoma leave. That could be 14, 15, or 16, no different than we were on the air today. Let's build a timeline. I'm not burying the lead. Oregon and Washington are joining the Big Ten next year. But let's build the timeline of how we got to this point, and thank you for watching us here on 365 Sports. Let's start with earlier this morning. Uh, no, late last night, Big 12 executives met Thursday to approve the application of Arizona as the 14th member. And that, of course, paves the way for Arizona to enter the conference. Uh, of course, they had the Board of Regents meeting. No decision made last night. But then all of a sudden, I don't know, it was like 8 o'clock or so this morning, then all of a sudden, whoa, Dan Wetzel, the Pac-12 meeting in the next hour to discuss a media deal and the signing of the grant of rights, along with Ross Dellinger reporting. As bleak as things look for the league late Thursday, numerous sources expressing optimism the Pac-12 can halt most or even all defections and push forward in what has been, of course, a summer of so many moving parts and uncertainty. All right, that's what was going on. That was there for about an hour and a half. Also on top of that, uh, the next one, Brett McMurphy, uh, the Big 12, unable. This is after the hopes it looked like a Hail Mary that might have been caught. The Big 12 is unable, or the, the Pac-12 is unable to get the grant of rights signed this morning. Nothing has changed as far as Oregon, Washington joining the Big 10. Ducks and Huskies still expected to be the Big 10, Big, Big Ten bound. All right, so then there's, it was like, mm, border regions in Arizona. What's happening maybe even with Utah. This morning, out of the ashes, it looked like the undertaker had come out of his coffin. That was where the story started to build. Basically, everybody was reporting that. Then you see that from Brett McMurphy. Then, more and more, they are joining the conference. Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten, becoming the latest schools to leave the Pac-12, putting the Pac-12 future in doubt. Also, Ross Dellinger had that story. Oregon and Washington have informed Pac-12 presidents earlier they plan to accept an invitation from the Big Ten. Now, after all of that, I reached out to somebody that I've gotten to know who has always been right on the cusp of everything, Paul. And this comes from within the forums of which we have. Here are the quotes from him when I asked him about this morning. You respond, please, Paul, uh, in, in, when you want, please. Uh, absolutely. Indeed. Uh, I, I saw, what, a, what, a, what you say, chaos? Yes. What a morning. Indeed, honestly, I never bought the survival blitz. It made zero sense. Well, it didn't, because what changed? 
What this is about money. And ultimately, when I have more time, it's about greed. It's about making the most money, which is apparently our only true American value anymore. But because of that, if you're still at 20 million and the Apple deal hasn't changed, which it has not from Tuesday to Friday, that deal has not changed. So if that deal has not changed, then the only reason you would be signing it is because of the only way to preserve the Pac-12 is to take that money and hope for the best. Right. So when did greed stop driving this and the need for more money? Because I'll just compare it to what's going on with FSU and the ACC right now. If they're unhappy between 30 and $35 million, whatever the ACC is getting, if they're unhappy with that and going to try to buy their way out of $120 million and a 12-year grant of rights, if they're unhappy with that much money, why would the Pac-12 schools like Oregon and Washington be happy with $15 million less than that? It doesn't make sense. It would. It's too altruistic. So... Nothing would have changed, and that's why I thought, like, well, this is weird, but if it happens, it happens. And this is from somebody that is very much in the know. Honestly, uh, I never bought the Survival Blitz. And there was a blitz, man. There was a last-second full frontal. But folks need to appreciate that this conference has their best 10-day window uh, in decades, as far as the Big 12 since they were formed back in 1996 a couple of other notes our folks part of the group that has uh, helped us along the way our folks think that ua is done that's arizona we'll have jason shear in seven minutes the other two will be slightly slow played then slightly broadcasters need to know answers scope and product of expenditure soon for planning and budgeting that's utah and or arizona state now uh, President Crow at Arizona State was a part of that board meeting. I was watching some of the reactions to it. Jason Shear, Chris Cartman, who we had on yesterday, who covers for Sun Devil Source. Here's his point about President Crow at Arizona State. And we had been alerted to the fact that he was going to try to muddy this up and he was going to be a problem. It's almost like he's being dragged across the finish line. Uh, President Michael Crow on the school's potential move to the Big 12. It's almost as if he's been dragged, he is, if it ever happens, in like smoldering coals and broken glass. So there's one of the presidents Paul was talking about. Here is Matt Barry on the Pac-12. If Crow doesn't leave now, his office should be packed for him. Well, he, and he had a lot of theatrics, I know, on the, uh, on the Board of Regents call last night. Um but he has been Pac-12 till we die, and he was very pro-Larry Scott to the very end of that. And while the academic side, you cannot deny what he's accomplished there. Arizona State's now in the AAU. That is no small feat. There are tons of universities that, are, that try to figure that out all the time, and then they, they kind of hit a wall or they're just not ready to do it yet. And big universities you would think would not, not have a problem doing it, they have a problem. It's not an easy thing to do. And so he's gotten them into the AAU. There's a lot of really good academic things going on at at Arizona State. It's a gigantic student body. It's in a gigantic metropolitan area. Their online programs are exploding. So they're making money that way. 
But what gets presidents fired is the PR stuff. And sports is PR. Sports is advertising. That's the front porch of your university. That's what gets people excited. And when you have alums that look back and go, how do we have all this at Arizona State? And mediocrity in athletics, Mm -hmm. it's because you've got a president who doesn't really see the writing on the wall, and now you are about to, and he's he's almost halfway advocating for it, if not more, of signing a $20 million a year deal when, you know, um, Ohio State, a school that you once famously played in a legendary bowl game, is going to be getting 70. So you're going to be 50 million behind a team that, you know, you you played one, like that you remember that those people, those alums, those business people, those leaders in that community remember it's just not going to fly. This is the things that get you fired. Not all those other stuff is great, but the job is more than just that. And those, those are the things that do. And Robert Robbins at least had a plan B. He had a parachute. And right now, um, you know, Arizona looks like they're floating down softly to a landing. And while Arizona State might wind up in the Big 12 with them, it's like one of those Mission Impossible things where, you know, you're falling out of the plane without a parachute and Tom Cruise comes down to yep. to, to grab uh, you because that might be the, the only way that this makes it out for alive for him. Speaking of Larry Scott, this is from Mike Burrell, covers University of Washington football. Speaking of which, Softy will join us today at 3.30. And where... Um, shield, wear some armor. He's coming full throttle. Referring to former Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott, Washington Senator, State Senator Mark Schlossel, told the Times today that one loser, that one loser they hired is coming back to haunt our state and the entire West Coast. Also, Paul Catalina with this story. He was on the phone with a media relations person of an AAC school and was told there was supposed to be an announcement today of a non-conference game between a Pac-12 school and the AAC school, and it was then canceled. Yeah, so the announcement's postponed. That doesn't mean that that non-conference game is necessarily canceled. But now there's a there's this, the school in question um, – you know that they just don't know. They just don't know what their schedule is going to be in the future right now, so they can't go ahead and, and announce things. So it, it's at least postponed. But yeah, so those are the ripple effects of things that are going on right now. So there you go with that. There is still off to the side, and we will have time to get to it with Florida State and all the uh, saber rattling about the AAC. You North Carolina President uh, Bubba Cunningham fired some bullets back. They. Uh, not a lot of people are happy about it. At least he made it clear it wasn't any good for the conference. Why are you doing this? So they'll have their own conversations. And I said yesterday, don't think that there wasn't somebody from the ACC who didn't make a phone call to Florida State and their administration after what they made clear on Thursday. One quick local note, Abram Smith, former Baylor running back, has been signed by the Minnesota Vikings. Good for Abram trying to get himself hooked up into the NFL. Craig Smoke still on vacation. Paul Catalina is here today. Uh, so am I. We're taking you till 6. Also, Emery Winter putting up all the various segments and also working the algorithms along with Levi Carraway. Social media, Garrett Ross running the mothership today here on 365 Sports. We'll have Jason Shear here momentarily. Um, there was one other note 
Oh, Dr. Livingstone, Baylor president, also the chair of the Big 12 Board of Governors. She will join us today at 445. And right before that, we will also have Dennis Dodd. We were not, we're not done. We have a lot to get to today, including Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority, who's been with us from the time USC UCLA popped and we had him on the show. And thank goodness we did because he has been money. Jason, it appeared about five, six, seven hours ago that the Pac-12 would survive. They would be the undertaker, rise out of the grave or the coffin. Was that real smoke or was that the last chance to try to save the conference? Uh, it was completely orchestrated by Oregon and Washington. Uh, the narrative that no one wanted to be the one to kill the conference was very real. It didn't necessarily mean that the conference was going to stay alive, but it was real. And basically, Oregon, Washington, and Arizona, and ASU, to an extent, had discussions. Oregon and Washington basically said, look, we want to go to the Big Ten. We'll be the ones to, quote-unquote, kill the conference. Um, it was never going, Washington and Oregon were never going to agree to the Apple deal. It was not able to be improved in any way since the last meeting. Uh, and because of that, Oregon and Washington informed the conference that they would be leaving, and, and that was that. So, Jason, where does this leave everyone else that has options right now arizona arizona state utah will those announcements come together or will they peace out yeah that one i'm not sure of uh i'm still following up a little bit on that the last i heard which is about 20 minutes ago the plan and this stuff is always fluid but the plan for arizona is to announce it tomorrow that the belief is that arizona We'll make it official tomorrow. I don't know if that'll be ASU and Utah together. That's probably the goal, I would assume. And my guess is trying to finalize all of that right now as we speak. But I know that the goal is at the least uh, Arizona is announced tomorrow. Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority, then making sure we get the information, the latest from Arizona, which probably was delayed a little bit because of some of the drama from earlier today. So, I saw your tweet when I woke up this morning very early about the shenanigans of President Crow at Arizona State. What did he say? What happened? Yeah, he's basically just really, really stubborn. And it's, 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 I'm not, like, exaggerating. He does not value athletics. And so this is all, like, a different world to him. And he's very short-minded and uh, narrow-minded when it comes to athletics. This is a guy that you know, supported Larry Scott to the very end. And so he was saying, oh, I want to make sure I have all the details. I need to go back and listen to the Pac-12. And what about Oregon and Washington? And I got to wait until the Pac-12 just doesn't have any more options left, even though there's actual board members that were telling him, hey, look, it's pretty clear the Big 12 is the, is the best place for you guys. So he was just kind of muddying up the waters and dragging the process and, uh, it became, uh, I don't want to say combative, but he did not do himself himself any favors during the Border Regents meeting last night. Do you think he will make it out of this? Yeah, I mean, I, I assume he will because, you know, it's one of these things where at the end of the day, he's going to wind up making what is the clear right decision. And, and the process may not have been great, but I would be very surprised uh, if ASU isn't in the Big 12, you know, by early next week. And so it's going to look like from the outside he made the right decision and all that and got ASU. It just was a, a different process. But 
Um, he's a guy where, you know, it, it just athletically, he, it's not a value to him. It, it just isn't. And he doesn't really listen to other people around him. And to ASU's credit, the people around Crow have become very vocal over the past 48, 72 hours that kind of helped steer the ship and, and kind of uh, allowed him or forced him to look at the bigger picture. All right, Jason, I know one, first of all, thanks for being a part of it. We've got a couple of questions. He's out, by the way, helping get back to school supplies. Is that right, Jason? You're out in the middle of all that madness getting ready for that? I, I got that later. I'm coming home from Arizona at its first open football practice today. Okay. So, great time. <laughs> very good. Very good time. So Jason's going to Target today. Have fun. <laughs> Jason, would you put in order one, two, and three, those further ahead in the process – Arizona, as you mentioned, you're expecting them to announce today. That could have come today, but there was drama. Arizona won. I'm told Utah is further along than people think, and then Arizona State, they'll be dragged through the coals at three? I, I would agree with that. I, I think Utah, although their ideal situation this entire time has been to stay in the Pac-12, Mark Harlan is a very good athletic director. They have a very good school president, Randall, as well. They realized this situation. They realized it since Monday, and the tide for them turned much quicker than it did for ASU. I mean, look, it, it, it would have surprised me if they just announced this whole thing together. I think that's probably the ideal situation. Um, you know, it, 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 but uh, I, I think Arizona is very clearly the furthest. I mean, they're it. They just pretty much haven't announced it yet. ASU and Utah are a little behind, but I would expect by the end of the day for everything to get finalized. So if they do a package deal, that'd be great, unless they want to do it one day at a time, that, that whatever, as long as they were to get to one, two, or three to, to put the conference. Did you expect Oregon and Washington this quickly, or was that in reaction that they knew they themselves better get to the table with the Big Ten saying, okay, we'll talk, but the window is very small? I heard two days ago, uh, we reported on the website, I had heard that it was pretty much done, that the Big Ten had moved very quickly. Once the Pac-12 deal wasn't there, and it was clear that it wasn't there, the Big Ten moved very quickly. The conversations were happening. That Washington board meeting, uh, the executive session was extended by like 45 minutes, and it kept going longer than it was supposed to. So something was very clearly up. Uh, and then once this morning I heard that they had scheduled a very quick Big Ten call within the conference, uh, I, I knew it was over. It came together quickly, um, to their credit. But if the Big Ten came calling, I, I don't buy for a second that Washington and Oregon would ever have said no to the Big Ten unless it was just a ridiculously low amount. It, it was never going to be. Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority, covers Arizona. But by God, he covers the Pac-12, and he's done it well and about to be a part of the Big 12 here very soon. Paul? Uh, Jason, yeah, I think the thing that was most confusing to me is how, like, the money didn't obviously wasn't going to change from Tuesday to Friday on this Apple deal. So the only thing that would have saved the conference is just is just pride in the Pac-12, which, as we know, has no monetary value. So was this essentially Oregon and Washington just using that opportunity to say, like, look, we've got you all here. We might as well just tell you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, and I think there was a hope from the Oregon states and Washington states that there was more of a linear concept that somehow George found, and you know, within the last four days or so, that maybe it wouldn't increase the money, but it would increase the visibility. 
and, you know, it's the, the pride of the Pac-12. But Oregon and Washington went in this morning's meeting with absolutely no intention of signing a grant of rights. And I was told beforehand it was very unlikely. And at first, one of the pieces of information was there was no way that those two schools were going to sign anything with an exit fee. And so that right there, when I heard that first early this morning, I was like, well, then they're not signing because you have to have an exit fee. And then little shortly after it leaked that they weren't signing, uh, there was no, like, I know for a fact, Arizona did not anticipate signing anything this morning. It would have been shocking if anything was signed. So I think Oregon and Washington used the opportunity. There's word that there's another Pac-12 meeting coming up later this afternoon. And I, and I, my guess is that'll be the, when Arizona State, Utah, and Arizona say goodbye as well. Jason, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. There's still more to come. We appreciate your time and what you've done, the chat room, and everybody I've talked to in recent months and also throughout the last few days. Can't thank you enough for your coverage. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate you guys and appreciate it. All right. We've just had an added guest. Paul, thank you very much. Um, We are going to go to Softy Mahler in a minute, but Pat Craig's uh, consultant, former media executive, uh, just sent me a text. He had a couple of thoughts. He wanted to kind of put a bow tie and maybe tie a knot with what we've seen really for the last 13 months and including today. And he made a comment. You know, Jim Williams is the one that brought up Apple TV months ago, and he was right that that was who wanted to be a part of it or the ma- the major part of it. They wanted to run the ship. But Patrick put together a question about today and all of what's happened here. Patrick Craig joins us on 365 Sports. I promise you, Pat, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Um, So this was self-inflicted. Everyone wants to blame everybody else. But in your opinion, was this Pac-12 self-inflicted? It was, hey, guys, what's up? Um, (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, look, um, I think it's really simple, as we've talked about a couple times. It's really important to know you're in a crisis. Then it's really important to resolve it. Um, the Big 12 understood that. The Pac-12 seems to have not grasped that completely. And the media landscape continues to evolve at an exponential rate. If you look at what everybody was saying last year, maybe you know I'm I'm in front of that prediction right last year, and I'm still in front of it now. But there's no way that I think that some of the things that transacted last year could happen today. And They just didn't realize how fast the sand was shifting underneath their feet. And before they knew it, it was a matter of, we've got enough. We've got to figure out how to pay for things. These are linear networks. Uh, There's not enough shelf space for you. We can't really sort this out. And then they go to an Apple who, you know, some of this baffles me with Apple. It's like, if you want to enter the sports space, this would seem like a great place to do it. For an extra $5 million off of what the offer was, per school they could have locked these guys up and then been in the college sports space you kind of like it was and then you slap a deadline on it you won't you lowball them and slap a deadline on it. it's like your dancing partner really isn't that interested in you so yeah this 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 opportunity for realignment should have happened in three or four years from now but be, you know you can't you, you know um you've got to basically take advantage of the situation and i think the big 10 and fox saw that if Oregon and Washington are prepared to join the Big Ten for significantly less than what everybody else is making for multiple years, then maybe you can find a route to pay for all of this. I still think it's complicated. And then the Big 12 will have to sort out probably because we don't know for sure exactly how many schools can get a full pro rata or not. Still, I'm still not completely 100% on that. But regardless of what it is, it's a great problem to have. And um, 
and it's yeah, it's it, it sits on not locking things down and not realizing you're in a crisis and not doing anything about it. Pat, um, you mentioned it's a it's a great problem to have, and I was going to ask where does that if they didn't have that money for the pack. Twelve Fox in particular, because if ESPN's already voted, say the Big Twelve four full shares and uh, in the pro rata, and Fox only two. If Fox was trying mm-hmm. to save that money on both ends, either way, why would they come up with it now if they didn't want to be involved in the Pac-12 before, just because these schools are in a different league? Well, they they, they may have thought number one that that they would have to chase the Pac-12. I think that would probably some um, number two. They've had to make they have to make more hard content decisions going forward. So if they feel that they're 90 percent done, they just don't need to cap it off at 100. But given that this situation emerged because of kind of the misfearing of, of, of this crisis, they 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 found a route to, to, to make it all work because this opportunity has emerged where before to get everybody in, you were going to need to pay them a full share or something like that. So I think that they'll take um what they've agreed to in the Big 12, they may be prepared to, to come up with more for new other schools, depending on the situation. Um, you know, we've got to figure out where you're going to park all this inventory. The conference may end up, the Big 12 may end up with a portion of these economics. They're on the hook for it, and they got to find another partner. But that probably will be, um, they'll probably be able to figure that out. It's, it's, it's a good problem to have. Originally, like, if you're going to have a Pac-12 stay intact and you're trying to steal things, I mean, are you trying to trying to figure out a way to steal your way to more schools or or walk your way to it? It gets um, it can sometimes get complicated with the economics. But if a position is going to be that nobody has any other option because the one partner who's interested is lowballing you and putting deadlines and starting to push you around, um, suddenly everything makes sense and you'll find a way to fix it on the back end. Uh, we used to talk about it all the time when I was at Fox we're building FS1, you know, trying to figure out where we're going to park all the programming. It's a good problem to have to have all these good content partners. And it's a good problem to have for the Big Ten and the Big 12 to have these schools join them. Patrick, to put a bullet on it, or to put bullet points up, not a bullet on it, that one, they didn't understand the crisis or management of it. Number two, mm-hmm. um, again, this was self-inflicted. Three, Apple, why not an extra five or six million dollars each to just make sure it works? But number three, does this mean Apple's not quite ready for sports media in a way that they're not quite understanding the game? Well, I I I well, I think they understand the game. I think the question is one of the things that gets out is people get very excited about Apple and Amazon. Five years ago it was Facebook. All these guys were going to roll up sports. It could be very exciting for the media. They use all this stuff. And the truth of the matter is, reality is, Apple is trying to figure out whether media has a port in their business or not. Right now, even if it was very successful, it would be a rounding error and they're a beat it off. And it looks like to me they're just proceeding um, kind of slowly and very carefully. And they, they basically leveraged every piece of leverage they had in this negotiation, and it was enough to make the Pac-12 break. And they didn't care. It was unimportant to them. And that's because if we don't catch this, guys, we're okay. So take that for what it is. But Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of go-go reporting about both Amazon and Apple and other other standalone streamers who really make their money in other kind of industries. And I think this should give everybody who gets enthusiastic about that pause, not only just about what they're going to bid on and what they're not going to bid on and how this all fits into it and how do you get to it. But also, like, if you do partner with them, like, what's that relationship look like? 
And I think that's a really good question that people have to ask themselves going forward. Uh, really do appreciate you, Pat, for being on as many times as you have. It's not over because it's never over. But thank you so much for jumping on today <laughs> with your opinion and also your insight of being in those boardrooms, in those negotiations. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for Pat having Craig's, me. Pat uh, Craig's media consultant, former uh, media uh, CEO. Appreciate his time. We have to do this. Coming up in the next segment, Softy Mahler. Here are two Super Chats for $199.99. Bernie Brown, thank you. Any possibility we can leave Utah and Arizona State out since they really don't want to come? Well, I, I think that that might be a possibility that there might not be, like Pat just said, space for them in the contract. But, look, even though they have to, you know, it might be like taking castor oil for for Michael Crow and and, and for Utah to play with BYU – I I think that uh, I think that you know shouldn't begrudge it against them. Should you not want to take Colorado because they left? I mean, don't judge the circumstances at the beginning. Judge the circumstances in the process, right? So the circumstances in the beginning, because Colorado could have called the Big Twelve and been like, "Can we please come back?" And they could have been like, "We're still hurt. We're scarred. Yeah, you left." Right when things were getting good with us. Yeah. How dare you come back and just think you can love me? Yeah, you went through three to five, seven, eight, nine, yeah. twelve years where we no. had sometimes didn't no. show we weren't sure about the roof over our head. Two hundred fifty dollar super chat from one M, the huge Houston fan. On behalf of Houston Cook fans everywhere, thank you all for the elite coverage, especially on realignment. We're so happy to be in the Big Twelve with all of these great teams. Let's move on to football and go Cougs. One and Bernie, thank you so much. We appreciate you for the super chat and the great comments. We appreciate them so much. When we come back, get your earplugs, wear your armor. I called Softy, Mahler, KJR in Seattle to get his reaction. You don't want to miss him on Washington and the Big Ten. And this is 365 Sports. The Make This the Summer sales event is going on now at Alan Samuels. Get amazing deals on new Ram trucks, Jeep SUVs, Chrysler minivans, or a sporty Dodge. Shop online or visit us today at Alan Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late-night pizza run and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one-size-fits-all strategy. Ben Erlinson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why he takes the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Ben Erlinson, 100 North 6th Street in Waco, 254-759-8533. Edward Jones, member SI. PC. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. 
TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge Checking and Savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Pioneer Steel and Pipe opened their doors in 1943 and they have never wavered with their focus on great product and customer service, relationships with a handshake, making sure you, the customer, is satisfied. Their new facility is now twice the size, allowing new inventory, higher quantities, and in a much more organized fashion. In addition to the long lengths in tubing, angles, channels, rods, and flat, Pioneer Steel and Pipe now offers several shorter, more convenient lengths of material already cut. Their 2,500 square foot showroom has over a thousand new products in stock, new welding supplies, hardware, quick creep, and do-it-yourself components for any project, whether you are a professional contractor or weekend warrior. The new facility is designed to make your loading experience faster and more efficient with easy drive lanes around the building and much more room to get your trailer loaded. Our location may have changed, but our values haven't, and our relationship with customers goes much farther than just business. Pioneer Steel and Pipe on Loop 340 and Highway 6 and just east of I-35 in Waco. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Sixty-five Sports. The three o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. Four twenty-five Lake Air Drive, Waco. What a morning it has been! What a thirteen months or the make this the summer long this college football realignment's been going on. But today, an unbelievable emotional roller coaster of what was happening. Did the Pac-12 throw a hail mary and catch it? And yet, here we are, Dave Softy Mahler, KJR Radio in Seattle. Uh, Washington, UW, Oregon to the Big Ten. Dave, what does that mean to you? Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, kind of overwhelmed, to be, honest, to be honest, Dave. I mean, I'm 50 years old, and I don't know anything else besides my favorite college football program and basketball program playing in the Pac-10 or the Pac-12. So from that standpoint, it's a little bit shocking. But i got to be honest with you, in the text that you sent me where you said to me that I must be crushed, I'm the exact opposite. I am thrilled with this move, absolutely thrilled. All we've done for the last 10 years is complain and whine and moan that Washington's in a second-tier conference. The TV deal's terrible. The bowl structure's terrible. The network is awful. The distribution stinks. The leadership is bad. You can't get non-conference games. You're losing West Coast recruits to the Big Ten and to the SEC. And it feels like Washington football and Oregon football have been sitting at the kids' table for the past 10 years. And now they're going to the big boy table. And now they're going to be a part of big boy college football with Ohio State and Michigan uh, Penn State, Nebraska, USC, and UCLA going with them. Oregon going with them. Four teams from the Pac-12 heading to the Big Ten. You got a footprint all over the country. You got access to recruits that you never had access to before. You're on legitimate TV networks 
and not some stupid streaming service from some satellite from somebody's RV somewhere. You got a footprint all across the country. Uh, I know we're taping this right now, so you can actually edit this out, but this is unbelievable for UW. Unbelievable day for UW that they're now a member of the Big Ten and getting out of that Mickey Mouse conference that has been falling apart for years and was falling apart anyway when USC and UCLA took off. I, I, I could not be more thrilled about this move for UW. I think you misunderstood what I meant crushed. I meant your time constraints because of the story. Yeah, well, I always got time for you, big boy. Hey, all right. So, Softy, you wake up this morning. It appears as if for whatever or however it happened that perhaps a Hail Mary had been completed. And then within 90 minutes, it was dead. What do you think happened? Was that just another narrative to try to kick the can down the road and it just failed like everything else has? Well, I mean, if we just put our business hat on for a second, first of all, the appropriate response is, I I don't know, right? And and we'll spend the next couple days and weeks and maybe down the road, somebody will write a book about this, right? And you'll figure it out then. But I think basic business 101 is there was some negotiation going on. You know, there was a story that leaked that UW was looking for an extra $10 million for some travel expenses. Who knows if that was picked up or not? Uh, who knows if that'll be a part of the revenue sharing process with the Big Ten? So, honestly, I have no idea. But I, I think yesterday, when the report came out that the Big Ten presidents had given Tony Petini permission to work with UW and Oregon, you knew at that point that the can was way down the road. Right. Like they're not they're not going to give their commissioner permission to look at UW and Oregon unless they know they have some framework of a deal that they've agreed upon to get them to jump ship and go to the Big Ten. So this was inevitable. It was inevitable when USC and UCLA took off. It was inevitable, Dave, when Colorado didn't even bother to wait to see what the media deal presentation looked like by George Klyovkov. They just said the hell with it. We're leaving. We're taking our thirty one point five from the Big Twelve. And we're out of here. So this was a sinking ship. The Titanic had already hit the iceberg. The orchestra was playing on the deck. And people are just looking for, you know, a lifeboat. And I think UW and Oregon found a gigantic lifeboat. And this is really kind of what everyone thought might happen, although it didn't. And there was always the, well, the Big Ten doesn't know if they bring enough value. They're not going to get the full share. But the heck, two-thirds or 75% of a share is still massive. I I can hear it in your voice. You said so much in a short amount of time. As soon as I saw that report after what appeared to be the Hail Mary, I thought about you. I thought about James Crepia, who covers Oregon. I thought about a lot of people that were hoping that this thing would work out best for each of the schools involved, and no doubt it appears it does for Washington. Well, no question. And Again, there's going to be some obstacles. Obviously, travel is going to be one of them, and really not for the football team, let's face it, Dave, but for the non-revenue sports, the Olympic sports that have to fly commercial, football is going to be fine. You know, as Chip Kelly said to me at Media Day last week, uh, they jump on a bus, they get a police escort to the tarmac, everybody gets their own row, and they fly in a charter plane. So football is not the problem. But the key for UW, you've got three, for now, West Coast teams that I assume will always be on your schedule every single year in UCLA, USC, 
and Oregon. Uh, maybe you bump one every couple of years. I have no idea what that rotation will look like, and we'll figure that out as the days go by. But there's going to be some West Coast travel. Midwest, obviously, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland, places like that are going to be interesting. But I also think that, look, it's, 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 it's a novelty. Washington fans have grown so used to California, Stanford, Oregon, Oregon State, ASU, Arizona. Now you're getting some new road trips. Now you're going to get some road trips that for a while will feel like non-conference games, right? Because they're so brand new. So I just think mixing it up and getting people re-energized for college football uh, in Seattle and adding a little bit of a new flavor to the whole process I think is amazing. Last thing, did you ever think that USC, UCLA perhaps not wanting Washington and, and Oregon because of recruiting and the footprint, did you ever think that that might be what kept anything from happening? Uh, what I was told by a few people is that USC and UCLA did not want Oregon and UW to join the Big Ten. Because let's face it, up until today, if you don't consider the Pac-12 or what's left of it be big-time college football, then the only place to play big-time college football on the West Coast was USC because UCLA is not big-time college football. They're big-time college basketball, but they're not big-time college football. So you want to stay on the West Coast and play for a premier program in a big-time conference, USC had a freaking monopoly, Dave, on that. And they had that monopoly for about nine months until UW and Oregon joined them in the Big Ten. So I had heard exactly that, that USC and UCLA had no interest in bringing anybody else with them. Dave, softy, Mahler, I thought about you. I know you're pumped, you're thrilled, you're blanking thrilled. Enjoy the rest of your day and also whatever happens beyond. Thanks for your time, buddy. You bet. Anytime, brother. Thank you. Softy from KJR in Seattle, 365 Sports. Uh, we have to uh, mention how we got to know Dave Softy Mahler. Baylor and Washington were picked to play in the Alamo Bowl the uh, year that, that RG3 won the Heisman Trophy. And then they had a, what was it, 57-50, whatever the score was, shootout. There was no defense. Uh, Terrence Ganaway went crazy in that game with like nearly 300 yards rushing. And we had gotten to know Softy with segments leading up to the game, then the week of. And Paul, what was the, put his mic on too, Paul. What was the question Softy asked the defensive coordinator or. No, Sark. Sar- Steve Sarkeesian after the game in the postgame he, press conference. He said, do you have to make a change at defensive coordinator because this was how it was. And Sark goes, real classy, Softy, real classy. And yeah, it was, and, and was we've pretty been, mad. And we've loved him ever since. Not because he put Sark on spot, but he, he just but he just he. It looked, was a legit question. Yeah, no, it was. Well, th- that's that's been asked of Baylor defensive coordinators back in the day. Uh, it was so that's where we have the relationship with him. And he was on with us uh, before. It has been many times on just Washington football, or even a comment or two about the Pac-12. So I thought about him when I saw the story actually finally hit when it came to Washington and Oregon. And you could hear the excitement in his voice as a fan and also as a media member critiquing what he thinks about the Pac-12. All right, top of the hour, we're going to be able to get to a lot of different things. We have been in touch with former Arizona State quarterback Jake Plummer uh, about the possibility of the Sun Devils and the Big 12. That's going to be something we have today. We are loaded up. Dennis Dodd at 415. Dr. Livingstone from Baylor, part of the Board of Governors, the chair of the Board of Governors of the Big 12 also today, and so, uh, so much more. I mean, it's like 
Cannot wait to get to the rest of it. Thank you for those of you in the chat room, for those of you watching, listening. I just got a text from Ted Teague and Alan Samuels about the app. He's listening to the show on the app. Ted, we, Ted thank you very much for what you do. And, uh, of course, I'll have more on Alan Samuels a little bit later on in the show. Blake Blahut, I hope I said that right, $40, $49.99 Super Chat. Thank you very much. You guys and girls today have been absolutely phenomenal. And uh, we don't have a guest in the next segment, do we? We don't. No. Let's go get to the other Super Chats and kind of rapid okay. fire through them before we have to go to Dennis Dodd at 425. All right, so. and Blake has a comment about our content. We appreciate it. We're going to come back and read that. Paul's going to get to that, too. This is 365 Sports. Ideal MRI. I have been in their ideal uh, MRI. I've been in their MRI machine four times. One time to check my uh, lower back because I've got some stuff that flares up, impingements, et cetera, that gets in between a, an L3 or L4. So I went to do that. I had my abdomen checked because my brother's battles that I've talked about on the show uh, with prostate cancer just to make sure that, okay, does anything show up in mine? You know, I, at time, I've had an enlarged prostate, but luckily my PSA has been in control. Uh, and, and then also, I, I've had other things checked as far as my shoulder, and I, I might need to get my right hip. It's been kind of wearing down on me a little bit, gets sore, maybe arthritic, I don't know. Just want to make sure there's no bone on bone. So that's, it's old. I'm old. So MRI machines, that, but you could be 25. If your doctor wants a better look at an injury that's causing you not to be able to do what you need to do, function, sleep well, work Run, walk, work out, just be alive. And you need an MRI. Ideal MRI will only cost you $497, which the average MRI is $1,100. Theirs is $497, and it doesn't change unless it goes down. They'll file insurance. They'll help you out with that. They are phenomenal. You can get in. There's not a long wait at all because IdealMRI.com in the Central Texas Marketplace can find out what hurts or maybe it's not an injury that it shows up on an MRI, and then you can go, well, maybe a different direction. And it's four ninety seven or less at IdealMRI.com. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. Riverbend Liquor and Wine now has two locations to serve you. The original on Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street and the brand new spot in downtown Waco at 600 Franklin Avenue. If you're looking for the best in craft beers or local Texas bourbons, then the original is the place to be. And for the latest trends and online phenomenons, head downtown to the Franklin location. Either way, you're going to get the same great variety, customer service, and speedy experience. Check out both locations on their Facebook and Instagram pages. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, and now now downtown on Franklin Avenue. Do you or your kids get nervous about going to the dentist? Stonewood Dental, Dr. Steve Childress, he can help. I've spent a career taking care of patients who as children had bad experiences, and now they're adults that hate going to the dentist. If I get a kid at three years old and they come every six months, and it's a happy experience, it's normal for them. 
Now they have an accident at six or seven or eight at school. Now they have a broken tooth or a trauma. And they have to come here. They're used to lights. They're used to water in their mouth. They're used to experience. They already trust us. It's amazing what we can do with that kid without it being a negative thing. But if I see a six or seven or eight-year-old that's never been to the dentist, and now they have a trauma or an unfortunate, unexpected toothache, it's harder to do that for that kid and it not be somewhat of a negative experience. So bottom line is I try to teach kids and adults and teenagers everybody the way I'd want my family treated, which is where it's a necessary part of life. You just take care of it. It doesn't have to be that big a deal. Learn more. Stonewood-Dental.com. Johnson Realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one. Commercial, farm and ranch or residential, Camille Johnson Realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction. With a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you, Camille Johnson Realtors services the entire greater Waco area. If you're in the market to buy or sell, contact Camille Johnson Realtors 104 Midway Center in Woodway or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors, elegant, charming, Welcome home. Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. This is 365 Sports. Are you a Sikkim 365 superfan? Then try out our premium subscriptions at Sikkim365.com. All right, we're back to close out this 3 o'clock hour. When I got a text from Jason Cook, who's head of information at Baylor University, about Dr. Linda Livingstone, uh, she was in Board of Regents meetings all of last week. So he set it up for today. Now, I've had even some national columnists say, wait a minute, all this is going on, and then you get Dr. Livingstone at three, uh, five, or what, 445 on a Friday. It actually just happened to be the day that Jason said she was available. Now, I don't know how much she can say, because as of now, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, none of them are in. But I think we could still talk a lot about many things. And then uh, we will with her in a, about an hour, a little bit less than an hour. Looking forward. And she is the chairperson of the Big 12 Board of Governors. Paul, we have been incredibly fortunate over the years. Craig, by the way, back on Monday, over the years of what we've done with and now today, the Super Chats that have come in. Yesterday, we had a big Super Chat that came in. We appreciate them. Um, and so here we go. We've had a two fifty and a one ninety nine ninety nine. Sounds like I'm doing some kind of a sale on television. Oh, Matt Rohrer from Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine, listening on the app right now. One of our great sponsors, along with what we mentioned with Ted Teague and Alan Samuels. Or is he? No, I think I think I, re- I misread his text. I thought he said he was a, he was in a board meeting listening to us. Then I read it again, and I think. He was in a board meeting, and this is a getaway for him. So I don't. I think I just may have thrown him under the rug. We thank you, Matt. The app that we had early, which was a hiccup at times, and it took forever to get rebuilt. But now that I've listened to it, when I was on my way to Florida, when I was in Florida, and for those of you who have listened to it since it was launched again about a month ago, it is dynamic of what 
Colt, Brian, and Ashley were able to get done because it was worth the wait, even though at time it was excruciating to wait. Okay. Chris, $5 Super Chat, and we're going to rapid fire these. Okay. Rapid fire. If Crow keeps ASU and Utah from joining the Big 12, then that is a travesty. The Big 12 should only add Arizona and wait patiently for the pack to implode. I don't think he's going to have much of a choice. Like, eventually, if there's an invitation there for him, he's going to have to take it. There's not, you know, right now, right now, you can't, you can't go back and, and say, well, how are you not in the Big 12? Like, well, we, we didn't do it right. Yeah. He, no, no. He's going to have to answer some questions. And I know that maybe his ego doesn't feel that way, but I think he's going to have to, he's probably taking a lot of phone calls. And, and oh, quickly, the Android part of it, I, I'm sorry about that. That's not a part of it right now, the Android, but believe me, we're always working on ways to make that happen. So thank you for those who brought that up. Or, or just worship our Apple overlords and, you know, do what an they iPhone. say. Yeah. yeah, get an iPhone. But, uh, all right, uh, from Miles Thurman. Paul, how do you feel about FSU hiring J.P. Morgan? Uh, I have mixed feelings on it. I will continue to have mixed feelings. If the private equity comes from this country, then I'm fine with that. If the private equity comes from a country like Saudi Arabia, then I will have a big problem with it. Because, I, I mean, I was very vocal about how I felt about Live Golf, and I don't love golf as much as I love Florida State football. In fact, of the, you know, silly things that I love in this world that are not family or friends, I don't think I love anything more than Florida State football. I love it. It's the, like, it's the thing that brings me the most joy. Mm-hmm. I love it more than I love the Red Sox. And you know how much I love the Red Sox. Yep. When Big Poppy got stabbed or shot or whatever happened to him, I was ready to go down to the DR and give him a kidney. But... I love Florida State football a lot, just like you love Nebraska, just like Garrett loves FSU, just like all the fans. And if Did they, you say FSU for Garrett? LSU. LSU. Okay, LSU. I was going to say. Well, just like the fans, you love your program, and if they make a decision that makes me have to compromise my fandom and say, oh, well, I guess I'm fine with Saudi money now, I, like I'm not going to like that. I'm not going to like it at all. Now, I'll always support and love my university, but I'll love them a, a, a little bit less. After they do that, because I, I just think, where yeah, are we no, going? Not after they do that, but if they do that if connected to any kind of... Yeah, and like, look, I get that you have to fight for yourself. And like, we are in a situation where we as college football fans have been pushed into accepting what happens to our team wherever it happens right? to it. There's nothing that we as fans can do about it because none of the people making these decisions give a crap what we think. None of them. Not one. So... If you have to ride out and accept it, and if Florida State winds up in the SEC and they're playing big-time games and they're competing for national championships, then I will be content with that. But I just hope that the money that they're okay. possibly getting out of J.P. Morgan Chase comes within the bounds of, of the stars and stripes. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know half the time where money is coming from. But, yeah, I can see where you feel about that. And you, you keep, you, you know, you're not being hypocritical about what you had said earlier uh, well, but even a year ago about Live Golf. From Daniel Bitzer, let's be honest, guys. This all happened because of Larry Scott and not George Klyovkov. So there's uh, that. Look, Larry Scott started the fire, and then George Klyovkov came in and didn't really do enough to put the fire out. But this is more than on the commissioner. The commissioners serve at the pleasure of the university presidents and the board. 
And this is as much on them as it is on the conference commissioners. And, you know, people can blame Dan Beebe all they want for how bad he was as a Big 12 commissioner and being a mouthpiece of Texas. But the other 11 universities put up with that for a long time. So it's their fault, too. Yeah, you got to wonder if they were asleep at the wheel. I mean, you really, you know, I remember Bob Bowlesby got blasted because he was not paying attention in Texas OU, and that was such, that really was. I mean, Texas at OU and all that, that was all like very well done until finally Brett Zerneman got the leak from A&M and, and reported it in the Houston Chronicle. But, yes, it's, it's, it's still a chance that an, a commissioner could have come in, made some decisions if he would have just accepted the deal a year ago when it was available with what the Big 12 got and accepted that one. But, you know, they felt like they were more valuable. Nothing against, not against the law. That's not like, uh, uh, that, I get it. But you have to understand the room. Dusty Rabbit, Dusty Rabbit in the chat room. I agree with you. Anyone worried about rivalries being ruined? Still out of conference games, so settle down. But Dusty, no, he was actually saying, don't worry about it. Dusty, no. Ever since the Big 8 and the Southwest Conference merged and the Big 12 formed and Nebraska-Oklahoma were in different divisions and they played, they, they still had some big games. But that rivalry basically was nuked. And then Nebraska moves on and they played it the last, what, couple of years or so? Washington, Washington State, what's going to happen? Are they going to play non-conference? Is there room for non-conference? Oregon, Oregon State, yes, same thing. Arizona, Arizona State, we've discussed how long that trophy has been around. So, no, I, I get that. And then there's some that might be revamped or revitalized, like Texas and A&M, Texas and Arkansas. Some of those will be revitalized uh, because of realignment. But, yeah, I, it, it's when I got angry about Nebraska-Oklahoma and Oklahoma just would have com- hammered them for the last 15 or 20 years, you know, I, still you want the rivalries. Rivalries don't have to be like 50-50 wins and losses. Most of them are very one-sided, different surges of winnings and not. But, yeah, I, I still think that that's something that is probably the toughest part for me is the change in the rivalries that we are losing. I'll guarantee you this. If Texas would have had A&M in that rivalry when the Big 8 and the Southwest Conference formed, and this is for A&M too, and they would have been told that they were in different divisions and they wouldn't play every year, they would never have agreed to that. And it was almost as if that's just the way it was. Oklahoma's in the South. They were going to play Texas every year anyway. They were in a non-conference game. So why not put them in the North, even though regionality understood that? And, and then you keep that rivalry alive. And you still could play Texas OU in a, non, in a non-conference. Okay. No, you couldn't. You'd, you'd have to, it wouldn't be a non-conference game. Uh, Jason <laughs> Shear just tweeted this out three minutes ago. Utah is expected to be accepted in the Big 12 as soon as tonight. Announcement could come within the next 48 hours. There we go. There we go. There we freaking go. Uh, do you have that one? You don't have to put it up, though. No. Yeah, I mean, I just read it. So, yeah. you. But, yeah, Utah expected. So, here we go. So, that, that means Arizona's out the door, but not yet officially. Utah, and I was told this uh, when I made a call a couple of days ago, and it was like hours and hours of hours of conversations between those who were representing the Big 12 and also Arizona State and especially Utah. I think everyone knew the challenge of Arizona State with President Crow and what they wanted. Utah has 
pretty much been very obvious. They did not want to leave the Pac-12. They've won it the last couple of years, and they didn't want to leave the conference. Nobody wanted to leave the conference until when you look at what you had in front of you, then you had to change your mind. And Utah, changing their mind gives you an idea about how things have changed, plus the fact at Oregon, Washington out the door, and now it's like you better take care of yourself. And Utah, who placed Baylor in September, is now apparently, again, almost out the door and could have the announcement, as Jason Shear said, as soon as tonight or within the next 48 hours. Your thoughts about that? Thank you for being a part of the chat. We come back with more in the 4 o'clock hour. Dennis Dodd, 415. Dr. Livingstone at 445. Brett McMurphy will join us at 510. Paul's top five and more. This is 365 Sports. Waco Custom Marketplace it's, uh, closes at 6 o'clock today. you got a couple of hours, 425 Lake Air Drive. Perhaps you uh, are at the office or maybe you're on your way home and you're listening to us on the app or you haven't gone and gotten what you want to put on the grill. Although, golly, can you imagine standing in front of the grill right now as hot as it is in most places? But I'm going to cook a steak. I mentioned that yesterday. I'm cooking uh, one of those the, the steaks this weekend. Can't wait. I haven't had that in a couple of weeks. So Waco Custom Marketplace can be where you go and get that. Whether you want pork, poultry, beef, or seafood, lobster tails, huge shrimp, what you want with their sand, their Norwegian Atlantic Ocean salmon is fantastic. So they have all of that when it comes to the butcher shop. And if you need uh, fresh baked bread, kolaches, if you want a cake or a cookie cake, whatever, any sweets, treats, they have a full-service bakery, too. And then up and down, there's four different sides of an aisle. They have all of what the necessities, the knickknacks you may need, from pasta uh, to canned goods to much more. And then they have seasonings, marinades. They have buckets, like these big freezers, bucket loads of brisket uh, that are available if that's what you want to put in the smoker and cook that at some point. It's Waco Custom Marketplace at 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC an equal housing lender. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate at TexasBeefHouse.com. Samantha Duvall joins us. She's the marketing director who knows all of the specials and also the events coming up. And thank you very much, as always, for your time. So all of these holidays are over. We've hit the meat of, literally, of the summer. And your thoughts about as you hit the month of August and into football season, Samantha? Football season's right around the corner, Seth means it's perfect time for tailgating 
Um, the best time to grab our hamburger patties is right now through the end of July. We still have our sale going on with our regular patties and our jalapeno and cheese patties. They're $12 a package, so that's four patties to a package. It's perfect for the time for football. Gather all your family around. That way you can grill it up. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu and how they age it as well. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby is a homegrown, locally owned pizza place that's out of this world. Everything from the dough, the sauce, the sausage topping is made fresh in-house. Not to mention the amazing pizza pillows, the chicken wings are to die for, try the sickum sauce, chili cheese fries or tots, plus great specials on food and drink every single day. Shorty's is also the perfect spot to watch the game with your friends. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby. Tell them Paul sent you by. Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, raise your cholesterol, and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results. So if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits compared to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin, and you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand-strength testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy, improvement in sexual desire and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive in Woodway, PettyClinicLowT.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 4 o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers, the wedding ring store, specializing in custom jewelry and repair, all in-house. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. We have a lot of super chats that we have not gotten to, so I'm going to, some of these are just quick hits. Quick hits. No, I, no, that is, yeah, yeah, let's so let's go. get the quick hits. Uh, from Justin Amador, I can't wait to hear from Mac Rhodes the next time he's on your show, which will be next week. Uh, hopefully he, he uh, ends his vacation so that college football stops spinning out of control. Uh, all the stories you'll have to pull out of him, but he's been on uh, vacation. Uh, Dustin Lear, thanks for the super chat. Katie Rader, thanks as always for the super chat. Uh, great week, guys. Adult beverage on us. Mm. Uh, Bernie Brown and Juan, thank you again. Scott uh, Cherubino, thank you for the super chat. Blake, we already mentioned you, but thanks again. He has another one I'll get to in a second. GMAC, don't tell Chad Brendel at uh, Bearcat Journal, but you guys are my favorite college football talk show. Wow. I'm happy where my school is at in the Big 12. I hope we add Pitt Louisville in the future to get some of the Big East rivalries back. And look, if the ACC gets ripped apart, I wouldn't say that's outside the realm of possibility. I just think that that's a more complicated issue because of contractual entanglements. And Blake... Hey guys, love your content. Do you believe any of the pack survives with six or eight or more additions or does the league fold or Mountain West merge? I think here's what I think is the most likely thing to happen. I think that if Utah and Arizona State and Arizona are indeed coming, which I see no reason why that's not going to happen now. I I think it would be it would be really strange if that didn't happen. 
if those three are indeed coming and now you're down to the pack four, I don't know how Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal can make a pack 12 again. They might be able to because, look, if you're the Mountain West and the AAC, you kind of now are pushing for this because you can grab Oregon State and Washington State into your league. And now you've both moved up on the playoff rung because if you're a, and we'll have to, we can ask Linda Livingstone this question. So if a, one of the A5 conferences ceases to exist and it's top six in the playoffs, mm-hmm. conference champions, so then you have four A remaining you know, autonomous conferences. So now top six would include the Mountain West and AAC. Do you think that they would allow two G5s? I, what I mean, and right now it's the highest ranked G five, right? Yeah, but it's the no, it's the top six conference champions. That's right. That's right. That's so right. that would be the highest ranked G five, which would be the so if it came down to Tulane winning the AAC and Boise State winning the Mountain West, whichever one is ranked higher would go. But now, if the Pac twelve ceases to exist, then it's the top six conference champions. That's two G fives. Yep. So, Banks I Taylor, I haven't seen anything about Oregon State and Washington State. $4.99 super chat. What's the latest? Paul just kind of summarized that. Nothing on uh, that. I saw a statement from Schultz at Washington State about today's events and what it means, and they are trying to basically look at their options. It's not as if they knew that they might not have those options or they might not have to look at those options. So if any of the presidents that weren't USC, UCLA, and then, of course, that's last year, or Oregon, Washington, and even maybe the other four-corner schools besides Colorado, if they did not have Plan B, then they weren't paying attention because they, they might need Plan B, and that includes, of course, and, and I'll, I'll say this. The Big 12 has been rated before, and now they've also been the one. They got the AAC four and then, or uh, three and then Brigham Young, and now Colorado and whoever else. We have mentioned this. No matter what fan base we're talking about, every one of those remaining eight schools have had, have been on the clock of, wait a minute, what about us? No matter who they think they are, Kansas or Tech or Oklahoma State, really good schools, Baylor, Iowa State, TCU, they've all, they've all been on the clock. They've all been looking around the room like, wait a minute, where did everybody go? What about us? So we do understand that part of this that happens. Um, so... You know, that happens when it comes to the possibility people are left behind and have to fend for themselves. And it's, it's an ugly part of realignment. It really is. And then again, if you're a part of a conference that needs to add to continue to stabilize, to put yourself in a position for the future, if you don't, then you're going to be someone else getting rated. And that still might happen because of this is an ever-changing deal. Uh, Dennis Dodd is on the ground. He's flying in. We're going to give him a couple more minutes to uh, clear the plane. There's a lot of background noise, but we'll try to see if uh, we can do something with that. Pokemonster, uh, of course SMU gets screwed, but this is, um, of course SMU gets screwed. Uh, this is not due to our own incompetence. No, SMU, you, San Diego State, maybe they're still a part of whatever happens with the remaining Pac-12 and the Mountain West or whoever else, and that they find a way to get strong enough to be recognized and a part of, they will get, you know, have a chance to be a part of the college football playoff. Yeah, they will. Um, this is, I mean, it's it's bad news for them and that the revenue is not going to be there, that they they, they were potentially not going to be there. Now, look, the, the Pac-4 could go add, you know, six schools to get to 10. 
and there would be six schools who'd be probably willing to come if the Apple deal is still on the table, but I don't see how the Apple deal could stay on the table or they have to renegotiate a new Apple deal at the same number with teams that are on a lower rung than the ones that you lost. So you're going to go back, so say Stanford and Cal, which would mean they'd have to lower themselves to accepting schools in a conference that they wouldn't even talk to before. So Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State all, you know, get these other schools in. Uh, they're going to have to go back to Apple and get a, a new deal, which will be less than $20 million for sure because Oregon and Washington are out and the other three schools would be out. So I don't know. Like, all of it's just hard for me to figure in my head how that works out for them staying together. Um, but uh, Oregon State and Washington State are easy to figure just because they – and sadly are the victims of geography. Yep. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, there's nothing that's better or worse about Oregon state and Washington state than Arizona, Arizona state, Colorado, and Utah, other than where they happen to be yep. like that's, they're all, you know, can bring things, but it's just geography. And those places are in, in bigger spots, easier to get to, and, and therefore more attractive to a conference. Um, and look, part of the Big Ten's thing was not figuring out travel to Seattle. It's easy to get. Can I can get from Wisconsin to Seattle, no problem, right? I can get from New York to Seattle, no mm-hmm. problem. But to get to Eugene, Oregon, I've got to fly probably into Portland and then get on a bus. You know, those kind of things are gonna are, are gonna be logistically nightmarish for the for the Big Ten. But for Stanford and Cal, they're in a really weird spot. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before. They're going to have to choose what they want to be athletically moving forward. All right, two things to get to. Garrett, I just sent you another one. But uh, Jason Shear, as Paul came back from the break, this is Jason Shear from just a few minutes ago. Some of you, thank you in the Super Chat for letting us know that you know to make sure we knew. Um, Utah expected to be accepted into the Big 12 as soon as tonight announcement could come within the next 48 hours. So that's to put that up to uh, let you know what we mentioned, but you see it on the screen with the video portion. And then also, uh, Paul, you just brought up Washington State, Oregon State. You also mentioned Cal and Stanford. So Washington State, and I brought up the rivalries, and I brought up that they're now in a position of Oregon State where everybody remaining eight in the Big 12 when the Texas-Oklahoma story popped have been in this in this mode, have been in this emotional state before. And here's the statement from Washington State. Uh, Kirk Schultz and also Pat Chun, the president AD, were disappointed with the recent decisions by some of our Pac-12 peers. While we had hoped that our membership would remain together, this outcome was always a possibility. We have been working diligently to determine what is next for Washington State Athletics. We are prepared for numerous scenarios, including our current situation Exceptional student-athletes, a strong Cougar tradition, incredible support, and also our fans, donors, alumni. We will chart the best, chart, we will chart the best path forward. Dennis, I think, is ready. Okay. Um, he just cut off a plane. And uh, the, you know, been, the plane comes to the gate and all hell breaks loose, right, when it comes to noise and luggage and all the other things but that go with before it. Before I do this and we get all caught right. up, we've got um, 
Charles Barkey, hundred dollars. Jeez, uh, Charles has done the, yeah. uh, some big, big chunks for us. Yeah. Thank you. Probably too soon. Song dedication to my U haters at BYU. Reunited by Peaches and Herb. Baylor trip is looking even better. Yeah, absolutely. Charles, come and see us when you come into town, please. Uh, Riker Wright, the transfer portal is going to be crazy this next offseason. I could see some great talent leaving the leftover Pac-12 schools. I'm going to see some great coaches leaving too. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, you're right. And in every sport, because. If you know, I'll just use Washington State as an example. Say Jake Diker gets him to ten and two in the regular season, contending to the very end for the Pac twelve title, yep. and there's a you know, a better job open up in one of the other power conferences, he's probably gonna take it. No, you're right. In the transfer portal, now if you're playing one where and you're no longer in a power five, you might look at this or you know, you it's it's and and Paul brought this up off the off outside of what we were doing on the air about with you see what's happening here with all the changes in college athletics and then you still want to try to get involved with Congress which we could talk about with Dr. Livingstone and also the NIL and all that I mean is that now push back burner from Peter B thanks for the super chat I'm an OU fan but I'm excited for the future of the Big Twelve from Leroy Gumpus with balloons and. Uh, excitement and celebration. Thank you very much. And I have said this, and I will continue to say this, even though this has been really good news for the the Big 12 and might be even better. And the Big 10 obviously just popped a couple of other big alpha dogs and, and logos. We get it that it's not great news for everybody who probably are a little bit worried about where they are today when it comes to the future in college football. Uh, Dr. Livingstone, again, that interview with her will come up at 445. We'll have Dennis Dodds here in just a second. Why, uh, w. Brian Simmons, Utah thinks their blank smells like perfume. Keep them out of that truck stock conference. I seen that. I spoke with somebody who would know Utah, and they said, listen, the fans, are they're excited, they're passionate, they really think, like, we won the Pac-12 the last couple of years, but that the administration or those who run the school may not think that way, although Utah made it clear, Harlan and others made it really clear that they would rather stay, but everybody said that, no matter even as evidence mounted that it might end up otherwise. Matthew Meeks, Texas Tech, would blow the dust off the border conference rivalries with Arizona, Arizona State. It should be a fun time. From Sarah, Dion, Dion liked my tweet today and made my day. Now this news ruined it. Sarah, thanks for that. Sorry about that. USC fans could care less about Utah from Roger the Dodger, USC fan. This is a bit like frozen concentrated orange juice from trading places from Sir Blah Blah Blah. From Shane Dog, Mountain West could actually be a good choice. Boise State, Nevada, San Diego State, how about them? Uh, from Camelo, uh, Camelo, uh, Utah's a good program. BYU fans need to quit crying. I, I don't think, are they? I know that there. I, I know about. I'm, I know the rivalry. Believe me, we have discussed it ever since we had Brigham Young coming into town a couple of years ago. We get all that, so we 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 understand that. So um, we'll uh, we'll see. Also from Donovan Gillies, all four corner schools: Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State are coming. From Michael Davis, Big Twelve, Mexico is looking like a better and better idea with each of these additions. Yes, because now you have that border state with Arizona. From uh, Matt, if remaining Pac-12 schools want to save the pack by adding schools from now, uh, the Mountain West or the AAC, 
How would the uh, how can they afford the exit fees for those schools so the pack is done? Well, uh, I also could see the Mountain West and AAC forming a merger too eventually because they're going they might have to 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 keep pace and um, you know financially and make that make it all work and television and make it more exciting. Which I mean, again, I just it, this is also hard to like wrangle my head around of how college football is going to look. No, it, it I mean, is. It, I, I don't even is. know the conferences now. I think this might help me get back together. I know you're going to tell us about Dennis just a second. John Herb, Brigham Young fans or BYU fans are not crying. We want this. So there's for the the res- response to one that said Brigham Young fans are crying. So Utah and B- BYU fans are already going at it, and well, Utah's I, not even officially a part I, of the I, conference, I, and I, that's the way it's been forever. But look, rivalries are going to help drive things. Completely going to help drive things. John Herb, thanks for the, the super, super chat. chat yep. uh, but, yeah, I think rivalry is going to help drive the television product of this. And, and Dennis didn't, didn't answer yet, but that doesn't mean that he won't yeah, call he, back. Yeah, he so. just landed. He told me there was going to be a tight diet deadline of about 45 minutes, so we'll get to him when we possibly can. <laughs> Brett Beeman, $5 super chat. We should call the newfound rivalry between Arizona State and Texas Tech the bar fight. That's really good. That's excellent. That is fight. excellent, Matthew. You go, you go, trademark that right now. And, I would too. And yeah, we'll we'll, we'll For, sell some T-shirts. Matthew Meeks, uh, I am happy. Brigham Young, Utah fans are fighting against each other again. Regional rivalries are the lifeblood of college football. Even though some of them are going the wayside. From Brett Beeman, five dollars. Thank you, Brett. We should call That's the newfound. Just said. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. They're coming at me pretty fast right now. Brett's a good-looking good. good. He's, he got a suit on. Looked like he's got a uh, corsage on his left chest. Already trademarked on a Reddit. Thank you, Brett. Good All to- right. Thank you very much. I, I get fined $5 for a copyright infringement. Jonathan Barris, BYU fans are split. They would love to play Utah Thanksgiving weekend, but we're so sick of their arrogance. Utah fans are delusional and think they run the Big 12. They're not even in the conference yet, but I see, you know, I, I've seen a little. Every fan base has idiots. Every fan base has overly passionate, and and then then for the most part, every fan base is pretty cool. Most of them are pretty cool. Uh, don't be a puppet. Three conferences putting in twelve teams to the playoffs by twenty twenty four. When they start the twelve team playoff, whatever happens to the Pac twelve, you wonder if they have to rewrite the way teams get in. What conferences are a part of it? Again, it's the top six rated conference champions no matter what it could be mountain west could be american we'll see and the reason it was written like that is it also protects you from say say the acc has a bad year and the conference champion is the 15th ranked team in the country right well then they wouldn't necessarily get in and it protects you from having or like okay let's um Let's say this. So say Clemson is undefeated going into the championship game, and they wind up playing in the championship game an 8-4 and four NC State. Okay. 8-4 and four NC State beats them, and even with that win and being 9-4, and four, they're 16th in the country because they've got bad losses and they just had the greatest night of their life. Well, then Clemson's still got to get in the playoff because they're 12-1. and one. But NC State, the conference champion – of the ACC wouldn't get it because St. Tulane is 14-0 at this point, rolling through the season and ready to go. Well, you're going to take Tulane over NC State. So that was there. So All right, super chat. Paul, I'll let you answer this one. Leroy Gumpus. Tech versus Arizona State. Hotter student body. 
smoke. Um, Go ahead. Which one? I well, here's the deal. I'm married, and I don't notice those things anymore. <laughs> That's how I answer that question. <laughs> Emory, Emory, Texas Tech, ASU. Who's got the Arizona State all the way. Oh, my God. What the answer from Leva or Emory should have been is, look, I'm not sure, but I'm willing to do research. And if you're out there with a grant to fund my trips to Lubbock and and, and Tempe, I'm out there. Okay, from Pete Thamel. Just now, thank you, Levi Caraway, for sending this to me. Sources, both Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State have applied for formal membership to the Big 12 Conference, and there's a call tonight with the Big 12's presidents and chancellors to discuss their membership. Arizona applied and was approved today. There you go. The roller coaster of emotion. You think Dennis is ready? Uh, Let me try one more time. The roller coaster of emotions from... Just go ahead and break so I can get this. All right, I'm going to break here, but Garrett, uh, again, Pete Thamel. Paul just read that in case you weren't listening. Utah and Arizona State have applied for formal membership to the Big 12 Conference. There's a call tonight with Big 12 presidents and chancellors to discuss their membership. Arizona applied and was approved yesterday. Ross Dellinger and Pete Thamel and Brett McMurphy and many others had that story yesterday evening. Coming up, Dennis Dodd, Dr. Livingstone, who might be on that conference call. What can she actually tell us? Next on ESPN, again, the 365 Sports. Excuse me. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way. Financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, right here on 365 Sports. Craig Smoke off. He'll be back Monday. I'm David Smoke with Paul Catalina. Dennis, it appears as if the, the last part of the dominoes has fallen with Utah, Arizona State, and Arizona. It's just a matter of time. Your thoughts about today's events, and you've been all over this from the beginning. Yeah, it's, you know what, it's unfortunate. This, as far as the Pac-12 goes, this is not the Big East in 2011. That had always been an awkward configuration because it was a basketball league that took on football and doomed itself and it missed out on getting Penn State in 1981. Big Ten got them. This is, the Pac-12 is a 108-year-old um, 
Conference traditional Keith Jackson, San Gabriel, Rose Bowl, you know, the stars selected Scott Jackie Robinson. I was thinking about that today. It's just a sad day. It's just it was inevitable for some conference or another. It could have been the Big Twelve either. Uh, but for consolidation purposes, the um, the Pac twelve is dead, the power there is no more power five. It's probably a power two or four major conferences left, but probably a power two. Dennis, um what do you think was the – I mean, obviously it was the money, but when was the moment that Utah and Arizona State realized that it was over? It was – It was. God, it was a cascading series of events. Um, it was two, two novice commissioners that failed to deliver on meteorite field. Um, Larry Scott, you know, had he, had he allowed Texas into the league with the Longhorn Network, maybe we're not having this discussion. Um, the Pac-12 network was an absolute disaster. George Kravkov, as good as he was, had never done a meteorite field. He employed a consultant sports media partners out of Southern California that had done it, never done a meteorite field. And the money that Brett Yormark got on October 30th in their deal had been on the table for the Pac-12 and they rejected it. So, you know, that's, that's on them. And then it became, you know, easier where Brett Yormark yeah, he's a, he's an aggressive guy. He talked those schools into coming over. Colorado was the first piece, and they were the easiest because they'd been in the league for 63 years. So the, the people there kind of knew what it looked like. And then as as I'll tell you what spurred this right now, and I'm writing about it. The reason this is going to happen, and it had to happen by 2024 in the big picture. That when, that's when the bidding will start on the new. Uh, the new expanded playoff for 2026, and those rights holders who basically caused this disruption had to know where those teams were going to be before they did them. And that sounds crass and craven, but it's almost as simple as that. Dennis, does this happen with Utah and Arizona State if today's news with Oregon and Washington doesn't happen? Uh, I that, I that's the big picture. And again, I'm waiting for this is done to write about that. No one wanted to be the one to pull the thread, whether it was Fox, whether it was Oregon or Washington, uh, whether it was Arizona. And after Arizona did, or, you know, the Big 12 voted them in last night, then the next step would have been for them to accept. But they, they, there's some, it's really weird, folks, because it's written as, as unethical as all this sounds in realignment. There's some sort of protocol or ethics. Nobody wants to be perceived as the one that, that kills the conflict. And so when Oregon and Washington did it together, nobody can blame either one. Um, Arizona had done it the night before, then it became a little bit easier. But that's what, that is so, so weird about this, this protocol that, that these powerful entities don't want to be the first one to pull the thread and unravel a conflict. Yeah, Dennis, it's kind of like the Sopranos where everybody, like, they're all bad dudes, yeah. but you like, oh, well, I mean, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's beyond the pale. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, there's some ethics here uh, among this. So for the Big 12 to wind up at, at, at 16 teams, and they've got obviously things to work out, um, which uh, clearly I guess they probably feel confident in. Do you think that Brett Yormark intended to stay at 14, seeing, thinking that maybe they would get a deal once he got to that, or was he ready to go to 16 at, at any point? I think he told me multiple times that he wanted to stay at 14. 
I think, you know, I got to take him at his word because that, at that point he was creating competition. Hey, there's only one hole left. What are you guys going to do? Just to make sure he got a team. You know, it's like if, if Arizona had any hesitancy, hey, it's now or never. At the last minute, it's not like they did have hesitancy. Uh, but as things progressed, my question was, did he have the money for three more? And apparently he does. I don't know if it's uh, ESPN or Fox. I don't know if it's a line of credit. I don't know if it's private equity. But apparently he's got the money to fund them at a full share. And look, the, the choice for the tax lecture became, you know, $20 million per year maybe selling subscriptions door to door. So that's the first thing I thought of when that, when that deal came out. Mike Girl Scout said, hey, you get a new bike at the end of the summer if you sell enough cookies for enough subscriptions. It's unprecedented. It puts so much on the school. Or you can have the $32 million of security for at least six years if you determine the a, a Big 12 deal. And then what people aren't thinking about is really advantageous. You've got SEC with 16, Big 10 with 18, Big 12 with theoretically 16. All their deals um, come to market at the same time, around 2030 and 31. And that's going to be great for the Big 12 as all those deals come to market and have that time to prove itself as being maybe that number three conference, which is really what this is all about, if and when we have the big, you know, the big disaster. So, Dennis, what happens, whatever happens eventually when it's official with Utah, Arizona State, and Arizona, what, in your opinion, is going to happen with those remaining in the Pac-12? And, I mean, what do they do? What What is next for them? Well, I was told by someone, you know, making that decision that um, that Stanford and Cal, the West Coast, I'm sorry, Bay Area market isn't um, – isn't desired. Uh, it's overrated as a market. Those schools uh, have a lack of interest problem. I looked it up. Stanford averages less than 30,000. Cal has been down year over year for the last five years. In an era, by the way, when we had our first college football overall attendance increase in 11 years. And I, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not kidding anybody. I think we know that football at the grocery schools isn't that great in the best of times. Um, so I think they're out. Stanford's got the option of going independent. I don't know what happens to Cal. I think right now, as we sit here, it's a bidding war between the Mountain West and the Americans for Oregon State and Washington State. Dennis, I know you're flying. I know it's been a busy day, and you have been on top of this. We completely appreciate your time and also uh, the fact you did this in between flights. So great job uh, <laughs> being a part of it. Thank you for your time. And then we're having Dr. Livingstone on here in a minute. Maybe get some more questions answered. And uh, and good luck with what you have the rest of the weekend. Yeah, take that and technically uh, send it to me. Yeah, I, I want will. to hear her. We'll send the segment okay. to you when it's up and ready to go. Emery, you hear that? I appreciate you. Send this to Dennis Dodd when we're done with our next segment, which we need to also um, – break here in a second one note that i got from a a very avid and loyal viewer of our show is that dr crow the president at arizona state is uh jesus christ latter-day saints he said do not underestimate how much that utah and also brigham young even though utah not yet you know that's been they've been worried about with their own but don't underestimate that relationships and or trying to smooth those choppy waters with Dr. Crow uh, and also his religious background. 
and this is from Eric, and I did my due diligence, and I, yes, uh, thank you, Eric, for sharing that information, and also that Brett Yormark was no fool in trying to make sure that you kind of had all the boxes checked on how you develop and keep relationships. Yeah. By the way, uh, a couple of super chats uh, from Mike H. Uh, the bar fight, that's just a phenomenal rival name. Love it. Great show, fellas. And from Caston Walther, uh, which is 20 euros, which is great. Thank you. Uh, I'm not sure the conversion rate, but I think theirs is trading better than ours right now. Uh, conference realignment 2023 is reminiscent of 1996's demise of the Southwest Conference. Now OSU and WSU are charged with coming to terms with the Quiddity of their predicament. Go right. 365 Sports and Juan, go Kooks. Thank you so much. The Super Chats today have blown me away. It's blown everybody away. Uh, those of you who are a part of it today and have been really, and Craig and Paul last week with all the Colorado news and then this week with the, the Pac-12 and remaining news that also includes the Oregon, Washington, and the Big Ten, uh, it has been a, a run of day after day. And I had somebody earlier... Uh, came after me on Twitter, and I have become Paul kindler and gentler when it comes to that on responding about the fact that we were basically pointing the finger at us as the ones who were, like, killing this. In fact, here it is. You guys, I, my, my tweet was in earnest that I don't know what's going to happen. Whatever happens, whoever leaves, if anybody, basically paraphrasing, uh, that uh, just let's get on to football season, Right. Uh, do it or don't. And then if the Pac-12 remains intact, which now has changed since this tweet, GK must be Tom Brady against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. And then uh, put that up again, Garrett, if you don't mind. This was my response to that because a lot of you asked me to. You guys were the one. You were the ringleaders. This show was the ringleaders of, of, for Pac-12 death. All spring and all summer, look in the mirror. Now, this was a tweet from him and her, that happened when the momentum looked like the Pac-12 might save itself. I responded and said, by the way, we did our damn job. It affected college football. It affected possibly the Big 12. And it has. And, and it's exactly why we covered it. But we'll cover the ACC in the same way if they start to, hopefully they can find a way to stay together. This is what we've done. And the Big 12's been in the middle of it because Texas OU, and then when USC, UCLA, we covered the hell out of that. So I, I'm not going to get mad at you because I do that too much and have been a fool for doing it. But if you want to point the finger at us for helping break apart the Pac-12, you're giving us way too much damn credit, but thank you for validating what we have covered for the last, what, three and a half years since we came I, on the show. I am super pumped to find out that I am this powerful, and I'm going to start using it for more things. Yes, I would like a free car. Yes. All right. When we come back, my mortgage at any rate moment, is too high. You're not supposed to yell. <laughs> Fix it. I'm powerful. We have new rules in the studio. Yeah. Garrett, why'd you just drop I'm your not head nuts and laugh about my health I, I, insurance? I stop. Nothing. I'm know. just trying. Listen. So okay, I've been given. I'm this suspending power. you for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> listen, I've been given this power as uh, as a power broker. Oh, God. I'm going to broker some power. No, we should. I want a new car too. Yeah. Although I love the one I got, the 2017 Ford Explorer that I got from Alan Samuel's Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. Fiat. I would like America to switch to God, Japanese toilets. Can we toilets. take a break, please? <laughs> Japanese toilets. Everyone for all has Americans. a bidet, right? Yes. They have dryers in them too. It's fantastic. Oh. oh. All right. When we come back, Dr. Linda Livingstone, chair of the Board of Governors in the Big 12 and Baylor president, 
is next on 365 Sports. Are you done? All right, August. This is what I just got today from Ted Teague and Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat. All Ram, 1,500 crew cabs, Lone Stars, and Bighorns are 20% off MSRP. I've never seen it that number. I've seen 10% off. I don't think I've ever seen 20% off of MSRP or 2.9% financing for 72 months. Great selection of trucks that are right now on the dealership right there in their front of their, you can buy Luke 340 and Highway 6, you'll see Alan Samuels in the right. Trucks right now, but it's going to go quick, so don't wait too late. Again, all 1,500, the Ram 1,500 crew cab, Lone Stars and Bighorns, 20% off MSRP or 2.9% financing for 72 months. Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, Loop 340, east of 84 in Waco. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. You can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa draft sun, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. Boozers is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold, plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Boozers, We're back, 365 Sports, on this Friday afternoon. We appreciate all the various guests we've had from different angles of how today has gone on and what's happening with the Big 12, the Pac-12, the Big 10, and more in college football. Dr. Linda Livingstone, president at Baylor, the chairperson of the Big 12 Board of Governors, of course, on the NCAA committee as well that oversees what's going on right now. Dr. Livingstone, first of all, thanks for your time. So has the Big 12 added anybody today? And now I, I'm not going to speak to the specifics of any of that, but we, you know, continue to monitor what's going on and uh, we'll make uh, decisions that are in the best interest of the conference and hopefully college athletics uh, as things move forward. But it's certainly been an interesting day to watch what's happening. When you look at where the Big 12 conference is and you were here when Texas OU decided they're leaving, even USC and UCLA, can you try to put into words what they, what the conference has done with what Bowlesby did to react to it and where the conference is today? Well, it's really been, uh, I've heard some people refer it to it to it as, you know, Phoenix rising from the ashes. I know a lot of people thought the Big 12 was dead after OU and UT announced that they were going to the SEC. But, you know, I, I credit to 
Commissioner Bowlesby at the time for his leadership and working closely with the presidents and athletic directors to identify the four great teams that are joining us this year, you know, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, and BYU. And then for the uh, presidents and the athletic directors, continuing to work together as we selected a new commissioner and then as we've really kind of navigated what's going on recently, there's just a lot of a sense of collaboration and and common values that I think have been really, really important to us to help us to hold together and to make decisions that have been really important for not just the immediate success of the conference, but to set us up for the long-term and for long-term stability and success. And, you know, there's certainly more than one time in the history of this conference people didn't think it was going to survive. So a lot of credit to those folks that have been around uh, even longer than me that have helped hold things together and, and really been committed to the conference and its success. In the long-term picture of college athletics, I mean, the wheel is going to keep spinning and things will keep changing and, and, things will have to to mold to new realities but do you see an end game for what college athletics wants to be with these conferences growing and growing so that it it gets to a point where it it reaches a stasis well i certainly hope we get to that point of stasis i think this drama every summer is hard on uh, institutions, certainly hard on conferences. It's hard on our fan bases. It makes our coaches just crazy, right? And um, so I do think we need to get to a place of stability. Um, You know, after we get through whatever uh, transpires this summer, will we be at that place? I don't know. Um, I think we've thought that off and on uh, over several years, and we haven't seen that yet. Uh, but I do think there's going to have to be a point where things settle down. I just don't know that I could predict when exactly that's going to be. I think at, at one point I kind of thought once the Power Five all got their media deals taken care of this time around, we would at least see some stability for the next four or five years until the next round of media deals came up. Uh, but, of course, no one predicted what was going to happen to the Pac-12 happening this way, even after uh, USC and UCLA left. So I think we're, you know, still going to have to pay close attention and um, uh, to see kind of where things go in the next several years. Uh, you um, are, of course, involved in, in all of the different working groups and committees and all the things you've done with the NCAA as it tries to move into uh, modern governance in college athletics. And there are bills in Congress right now that um, that Charlie Baker has gotten you know, through that you guys have have gotten some senators to do some things. They're different, and we don't know which one will even get to, you know, through committees and all those different things to get onto the floor. Do you think that any of this realignment slows those processes and hurts it in the public eye because people can see that as these are schools just going for a big money grab, why why do I need the government to get involved in in regulating any of this if they're they're not going to slow down you know, hurting my team or, or moving my team to a place that I don't, I don't know if I really want them to be. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a really fair question. And I certainly, we haven't heard any of that yet in the conversations we've been having in Washington, DC, but as we know, people feel very deeply about their institutions and their college athletic programs. I do think what we're trying to do 
with federal legislation is to help bring some stability and consistency and frankly some protection to our student athletes in regards to the NIL landscape and uh, I think to some extent some of that might help with this because it does mean that everybody's playing from the same rule book as it relates to NIL, which is not the case right now. It should be since we have NCA rules around it, but because the state laws are so different, it makes that a bit challenging. So I think anything we can do at the conference level, at the NCA level, and certainly in partnership with the federal government to bring some consistency and stability, it helps. Uh, but I would also say we've seen lots of consolidation and lots of um, change in a lot of industries over the last 10 to 15 years as uh, financial models change, as markets change. And so I don't know that it's surprising that it's happening in college athletics because it's happened in lots of other industries. Um, and I think we just have to recognize that uh, things are changing pretty rapidly and we're going to have to adapt as quickly as possible and frankly try to be as proactive as possible to get ahead of things also. Dr. Livingstone, if in fact uh, the news from today and when it is official and the time zones that the Big 12 is a part of, how much of the concerns about travel come up during any of the meetings as you continue to expand? You know, anytime you're talking about, um, and this this came up when we were talking about adding the four schools that join, and then obviously uh, when we added Colorado, which we're very excited about, uh, it does spread your time zones and your geography quite a bit. And so you do take that into consideration and you think about the impact that that's going to have. Of course, it's football is not where it has the greatest impact. It has greater impact on all your other sports where they they play more games or matches in, and that travel is probably more onerous. And I think that's where you begin to think about whether you have divisions or pods or something that kind of help manage that travel. Um, I think it's a reason that, that you see people talking about maybe larger sizes of conferences as well as they become more national. Uh, but it is certainly a consideration. And as we think about scheduling, it will certainly be something that uh, our athletic directors pay a lot of attention to in the conference office staff uh, to try to uh, minimize that burden as much as possible because we do want our student athletes to continue to be successful as students and that's our, our highest priority is that they get an education and that they graduate and so you want to make sure what you're doing from a scheduling perspective um, minimizes the impact on that as much as possible. Dr. Linda Livingstone, president Baylor University, the uh, chairperson of the Big 12 Board of Governors, a part of that what was important, that NCAA transformational committee so right now, the Big 12 in 2024 has 13 teams. It could have 16 teams. Do you think that, that if the number was to get to 16, when everything becomes official, is that the cap number? Do you feel like what's the advantage of being at 13, 14, or 16? You know, I think in some ways the actual – there are benefits to having even numbers of school from a football scheduling perspective, from what I understand. I don't do football scheduling. We leave that to the conference staff and to the athletic directors. So I think uh, that certainly is a, a consideration from a scheduling perspective. I think beyond that, the number of teams, uh, there's, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages, of course, but I think that then you begin to look at, um, are these teams going to add value to the conference? Are they going to 
help us not just now from a competitive perspective, are they going to help build the academic profile of the conference? And then are we positioning ourselves well uh, for the next media rights deal? Because the media rights deals are becoming shorter and shorter. And so you really do have to think, you don't have 10 years to think about it. You have five or six years to think about it. And so I think you're thinking kind of long-term about the stability of the conference, the quality of the conference, both athletically and academically. And then you also factor in what's the impact that it's going to be on travel and on scheduling and on uh, kind of the quality of life of our student athletes. And so all of those factors come into play as you think about what the right number is and then what are the right schools uh, to, to bring on board and I think you focus on the schools more than you do actually the number. And then you ultimately have to get to a number that works from a scheduling and travel perspective. It's obvious the SEC and Big Ten, what, what they've done and what today Oregon and Washington are about to be a part of the Big Ten. Uh, when it comes to the college football money, uh, do you feel like now that the Big 12 has done what they've done with more news to come perhaps in the next 24 to 48 hours that the same equal share of that college football money should go to the Big 12? Has that ever been in doubt? Well, I know that as this, uh, that, you know, they're moving obviously to a 12-team playoff, and then and, and then after that, the, the rights for the C, uh, CFP will, will come up for negotiation. And I don't sit on the CFP committee. That is one athletic committee I'm not a part of. Uh, so I don't uh, sit in and have all the inner workings there. But I do know a distribution of funds will be one of the pieces of the conversation there. And I think some of that conversation will be around whether the money is distributed across the power conferences by conference, which is the way it's now, versus by the number of schools that you have. And so I think that will certainly be a point of conversation, how much it matters, depending on what numbers all these conferences get to. Uh, it may not make a whole lot of difference at some point. So there, that will certainly be an important part of the conversation as that uh, new media rights uh, negotiation takes place for the CFP is how those funds are distributed and, and how that plays out compared to how it works now. But I think we certainly feel in the Big 12 that uh, will be an important part of that and that that will be a, a certainly an important source of revenue for the conference going forward. I want to go back to the, the size of the conferences and travel real quick. Do you see a future where, uh, for the Olympic sports in particular, that travel becomes such a a burden. I mean, if you look at what's going to happen to the Pac-12 with just USC having to go all the way to the East Coast to play softball games and probably have to stop over in Lincoln or Madison or or East Lansing on the way back and be gone for a week and all the things that they're going to have to do to, to get through that, that maybe the Olympic sports conferences becomes more regionalized again and then the big money-earning sports like football and, and basketball, men's and women's, can be the ones that are kind of the the national traveling shows for, for everybody? Yeah, I think we'll see some creative things. I certainly don't want to speak to what the Big Ten is going to do. I have no idea how they're thinking about that mm-hmm. scheduling, but I think you'll see some creative thinking about it. And, and I mentioned divisions or pods that might be more regionally oriented, and you have some kind of a, a playoff system at the end within your conference to determine who qualifies for uh, NCAA championship play. Uh, you know, there's there's ways to manage uh, when you play and how you travel. You see this in some other conferences, uh, even 
you know, in, in volleyball in the Big 12, we did this during the um, uh, COVID, you know, you ended up playing the same team twice in the same weekend. And then the next year, you see, so you might play at Baylor this year and you might play at TCU next year. So you only had to travel once, right? And you played both games. Now it's a little unfair because you've got two home games against the team one year and two away games the next year. But uh, it does help manage travel a lot. Now, whether conferences will choose to do that, uh, you know, I think we'll see over time. And it might depend on whether they're trying to play uh, geographically closer or they have a different model for how they want to schedule. If, in fact, you get to 16, do you feel like the Big 12 is done expanding? Well, I think that as we see what happens and what shakes out of the Pac-12 in the coming days, uh, I think for now things will settle down a little bit. I know there's lots of talk around what's going on in the ACC as well. So, uh, you know, I think that's probably a little further out. And, again, that's a wonderful conference. I think none of us want to see these uh, great conferences disappearing like might happen with the Pac-12. So, uh, you know, I think things will settle down after we see what happens with the Pac-12, and then we'll kind of see where things go from there. But um, I don't know that anybody has anything specific in mind as it relates to to further realignment at this point uh, until we see kind of what happens with the Pac-12. Was that ever a discussion within the Big 12 meetings about a conference not being the one that fires any kind of so-called kill shot at another conference? Because the Pac-12, the Big 12 has been under that radar or in that bullseye or scope before. We are very empathetic to the impact what we do have on other conferences because it's happened to us multiple times. And so, you know, it, it you, you kind of have these sort of conflicting emotions because you don't want to see anything happen to a storied conference that's had years and years of great success and great institutions. And yet you need to look out for the best interest of your own conference, both short-term and long-term. And, and so, and because we've been in the position of people leaving and people thinking we were going to, Uh, die as a conference, you have great empathy for other conferences that are going through challenges and struggles. So, you know, I think you you kind of, as I said, are a bit torn over it, but know that you've got to figure out what's best for your conference for the long run. And uh, while not really wishing uh, anything uh, negative to happen to other conferences. So it's, it's kind of a challenging place, space to be in. Dr. Linda Livingstone, Baylor president with us on 365 Sports. Paul? How different are the president's meetings when you are seeking to add to a bounty as opposed to scrambling to figure out what your next step is? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, and I'm, you know, reflecting back on two years ago, I think in both of those situations with the big 12, there was a lot of unity of focus that, you know, two years ago, we really want to stay together. We need to have each other's backs. We need to figure out what's best for the conference. Um, you're more, you're stressed about it because if you can't figure out how to make it work, you know that that could mean you're not going to continue to be together as colleagues and as a conference. And, and so there's, uh, there's an urgency to it. Uh, that may be a little different than when you're in a position 
uh, later where you're stable and you're just looking at whether there's opportunities out there that we may or may not choose to take advantage of. You still want to do what's best for your conference, but uh, you're you're not as concerned that it might uh, keep you from existing as a conference in the near term. Uh, you certainly are thinking about what's in the best interest of the conference for the long term. But I think in both of those cases, there was a lot of unity and common commitment and values that helped drive the decisions. Uh, the urgency and the stress of it was certainly probably more when uh, we were dealing with things after uh, OU and UT made the decision to leave. Dr. Livingstone, Brett Yormark took over a year ago this week. I know you had a major part mm-hmm. in the uh, search to find a replacement for Bob Bowlesby. Nobody's perfect, but I know very well that you were immediately someone that like wanted to make sure people did not overlook who he was or even what he didn't know or did know. And now looking back at that, was he the perfect hire? And how much of that support was from you when you decided he was next up in line? Well, I just can't say enough about how happy we are with uh, Commissioner Yormark. And um, yeah, I was on the executive committee that kind of served as the search committee for the conference that ultimately ended up recommending to the full board that we hire uh, Brett in that process. Uh, you know, I think we all knew that the world was changing so rapidly and that we just we had to have a commissioner that was going to think differently about things, was going to be proactive and aggressive, and maybe came from a little bit different background than it was historically the case in almost all of the conferences. And Brett just fit that bill, and and we felt great confidence in him. He had some great ideas early on. He's very aggressive. So, you know, I, I certainly don't deserve any more credit than anyone else does in that process, uh, but uh, I think we're all very pleased with what he's done. Uh, he's thinking big about the conference and what we can be and what we can do and how we can um, strengthen the conference athletically and in a lot of other ways and certainly financially even beyond our media rights. So um, the conference is very supportive of of Brad and uh, we really look forward to his leadership in the years ahead. Should the college football playoff run college football? Well, I think that um, one of the challenges we have is thinking about, because college football is not independent in our institutions from all of the rest of our sports and from our the rest of our athletic department and from the rest of the university. And so I think finding ways to uh, to work together and to collaborate between what the CFP does and what the NCAA does it is is a really healthy and good model. And, you know, the NCA is working on a lot of things internally on how we um, delegate responsibility down to the divisions and to the conferences. Uh, we're thinking about how we, some of the sport program committees, how they have a little bit more autonomy in what they do. Um, and so I think as we do that work and we work with the conferences and the institutions on that, we're really trying to figure out how to simplify and streamline administratively what we do, decision-making, and what we do uh, that will help institutions uh, and, frankly, our conferences navigate a lot of these things that we're doing. So um, so I think, you know, working closely between the NSA and the CFP is probably a model that can be successful so that football's not so independent that it doesn't fit well or uh, 
engage properly with our other sports on our campuses. As a former student athlete, Dr. Livingstone, what are your thoughts about the partnership with players, perhaps even short of them being employees as we move forward? Well, I think that uh, we've got to continue to evaluate how we're supporting our student athletes and how we're ensuring uh, that, that they're having the best opportunity they have athletically to be successful and how they can uh, have the best opportunity to be successful academically. And then what are the supports we need to provide around that, whether it's around health and safety, mental health, academics, uh, financial literacy, and so many other things. And we've made a lot of strides in recent years in providing more support for our student-athletes. Certainly, uh, the educational benefits we provide now and what we call kind of the, the Alston payments, the full cost of attendance has been significant for student-athletes from a financial perspective. And then opening up NIL opportunities. Uh, we want our student-athletes to have legitimate NIL opportunities. Uh, we do not want NIL to be used as inducement and not be true, legitimate uh, name, image, and likeness support. Um, you know, student-athletes and employees is just very inconsistent with expecting our student-athletes to be students first and athletes second and to be uh, designed to help them to be successful academically. Uh, most of them are not going to be professional athletes, or if they are, they're not going to be professional athletes for most of their adult life. Uh, so we've got to maintain the integrity of the academic component of their experience, and uh, putting an employment model on top of that just doesn't uh, seem to align well with the importance of the student part of their experience on our campuses. There is a report since we had you on about Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah um, uh, at least asking to join the Big 12. I know that there might be some more meetings. I know, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot that you can't specifically say something that's not yet official, but do you feel like today or in the next 24 hours could be a massive part of Big 12's future and also history? Well, I'm not going to speak to any decisions that may or may not be made in the in the next couple of days, but I am very confident in the long-term health and well-being and success of the Big 12 Conference. We've positioned ourselves well. We've got great institutions, and um, I think we're extremely well-positioned to be strong long into the future. Dr. Livingstone, we appreciate all the roles. I don't know how you juggle them, but you're a part of a lot of the big ones, and we appreciate you for giving us the amount of time you gave us. Thank you so much for your time, and have a great weekend. Uh, happy to be with you today. Thanks so much for having me. Dr. Linda Livingstone, president at Baylor, chair of the, ba of the Big 12 Board of Governors, a part of the NCAA Transformational Committee. Uh, what she does, um, I had to – I yeah, started with it, and I had like to end with it, and we'll get to that in just a second – and I know that she can't, like, specifically say, yeah, we're at in Utah, Arizona State, and Arizona. But she can. She she did everything she could in the role in what's official at this particular time. She, she didn't say no, though. She did not say she no. She did not say no. So, uh, speaking of which, and, and Garrett. Uh, Let me just call him. Yeah, yes. Well, I'll just call him. This is a, a note from Brett McMurphy that Arizona, Arizona State, two-time defending Pac-12 champion Utah, 
joining the Big 12 in 2024 pending Pac-12 formal approval in the next 24 hours. So we've heard what Jason Shear had. We've heard what Dennis Dodd had. We heard as well from that as well. So there we are. And what a day it's been, and it's only 5 o'clock Central. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed the information that we've been able to try to bring to you. And my God, speaking of uh, the, the person of the moment with Brett McMurphy, Action Network HQ, who uh, has been more than uh, gracious to be a part of what we've asked him to be. Brett, I just saw and just read the tweet you had just a couple of minutes ago. So what a day it's been. Did you ever have a doubt that today would end with what you just tweeted? You know what? Um, to start, when I went to bed, well, I actually did sleep last night, so I want to confirm that. Um, <laughs> right before I went to sleep, I thought Arizona looked promising. It was not done by any means. Um, one person that had been part of the Pac-12 meetings said, Bobby Robbins has been very engaged. He's committed to the Pac-12. Quote, if Arizona leaves, Bobby deserves an Oscar. So he will get an Oscar for best uh, leading leading actor. Um, I was hearing conflicting information. When I got up this morning... I immediately heard that Oregon had turned down an offer from the Big Ten, a low number, and they were basically going to stick it out with the Pac-12, and that meant that Arizona and Arizona State would remain. And so that was until about 10 a.m. That's when the Pac-12 meeting started. Um, I got contacted by a source and said, everything out there, Everyone's reporting Pac-12 is still in business. They're saving the conference. That is 1,000% false. Oregon and Washington to the Big 12, excuse me, to the Pac, to the Big 10, excuse me, and Arizona and Utah to the Big 12. I heard about that before noon this morning. What I wasn't aware of at that point is Arizona State and their role in this whole thing. Ultimately, I think they wanted to stay stay with the Pac-12, but when there's nothing left to stick around for, they made the decision uh, to get on board. And then, you know, when Oregon and Washington got out to the the Big Ten, then it was just a formality uh, for those other guys to to come in. I, I do think that there were some negotiations there. I don't know specifically any numbers or anything yet. Um, regarding the new Big 12 members. But, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, it would have been um, – I didn't expect them to only take two of the three and then go find a group of five thing. I mean, it makes sense, sense to bring in the four corner schools. And also a lot of people, and I tweeted this, ESPN no longer has the four biggest brands on the West Coast, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, all those guys to the, to the uh, Big Ten. And so I think what – maybe ESPN and Fox can do is with so many teams in the mountain time zone with the big 12 moving forward, move those kickoffs back an hour. And then you get that 1030 Eastern window. And so I think that's a way to get in that four time zone. But yeah, dude, I never would have predicted it would have happened. <laughs> I did just make, when you text me and asked me to come on the show, I just, I, I sent a text out to my sources and said, Hey, I'm going going on Smokey at uh, five ten Central Time. So, <laughs> so team 
see me up about five o'clock. They said, we'll see what we can do. Well, I mean, you're damn right you used us to your advantage because we've been using you for the last year or two with what you bring to the table. And I mean that, Brett. Thank you very much, Paul. Yeah, Brett, this is um, an Oregon and Washington now official to the Big Ten. I mean, that like, you know, that we just had Linda Livingstone on the show right before you, and she didn't, she couldn't confirm or deny anything, but she definitely did not deny uh, anything, uh, obviously, that that's moving forward. This was originally thought to maybe be holding at 14. Was it Brett Yormark saying there's one spot for sure available to create this, or did they adapt and react to, well, we can't say no to, to all, all four of these schools coming now? Yeah, well, obviously they had the, they have the guarantee from Pro Rider with ESPN going up to 16. They had the agreement from Fox, not contractually obligated, but agreement from Fox to go to 14. So I think as this progress, they probably had a conversation with Fox. And again, I don't know if Fox is going to match that, but I do know they will, they will get the same, they will get the same payout, whether that's through other sources, um, or, you know, a, a big pile of money, uh, in one of the closets. I don't, I don't have that information right now, but they all will receive the 31.7, um, or should receive the 31.7 going forward starting in, in 2025. If, if it was a only two, like if, if only two of the three were saying we're coming in, then I think there's a very hard decision there. Do you only take one of them and stay at 14 or do you go to 15 and then pick up a group of five? That's, that's a fascinating decision. I don't know if we'll ever get a, a, you know, an answer from anybody with the big 12, but that, that would be a great question to ask. But I think ultimately when you had, when you have uh, four power five schools coming on board, the four former schools, you, you have to absolutely take them on when you look around the country and see what else is going on. Brett, are they done? The Big 12, are they done? We just had Dr. Livingstone. I think it kind of, based on her answer, it feels that way. But now we have, you know, conferences that are moving above 16. The Big 12 is part of one with 16. You feel like this is it for them? And uh, does this position them? Whenever the next realignment phase occurs in the next five to seven years, where they're going to be a major player in it? Yeah, they're done at sixteen unless Oklahoma and Texas decide they want to come back. So <laughs> don't, hold your, don't hold your breath on that one. Um, yeah, I think they're in great position. And again, you know, this is and people look at the short term. They're like, well, Colorado's coming off. You know, they're they're one and eleven, three and nine, whatever they were. Arizona hasn't won anything in X number of years. This isn't a two or three year decision, guys. This is a this is a twenty year decision, and you know, unfortunately, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the Pac twelve. Are they going to merge with the Mountain West? You know, they can't. They, I think they're going to have to because they're not going to be able to add enough members. Because even if the Pac twelve wants to add members, who's going to pay thirty four million to go join that conference? So what this does is. We got one more year of the 14 playoffs, and we got two years of the 12 team playoffs. So four years from now, we start the new 12 team playoff, which yes, we'll have 12 teams. That, that's the only thing we know. We don't know how that's going to be formatted. Is it going to be the, the highest ranked, five highest ranked conference champions, the four highest ranked conference champions? Uh, will it still be six? Will it be more at larges? Will it simply be the highest ranked teams? We don't know. They've got to figure that out. But believe me, the Big 12, again, Big 10 and SEC, clear-cut, one and two, mm-hmm. that's never, ever, ever going to change. After that, though, 
the Big 12 is sitting pretty. And also, oh, by the way, you guys saw the Florida State Board of Trustee meeting the other day. Um, you know, I think it was, uh, I think it was a sequel to uh, Oppenheimer. But, I mean, that thing, what's going to happen with the ACC? And now if they start losing people to the, to the SEC or to the Big Ten, then, yeah, absolutely, the Big 12 is in great position moving forward. But, yeah, I don't see – to get back to your original question, I don't see them adding anybody right now. There's nobody – you know, the cliche, I've said it a hundred times, but you guys, nobody adds value that's available. But now they're in a great position of strength. They're locked in through 2031. And, hey, who knows what's going to happen in six years. If we would have, if I would have talked to you guys, and I probably did six years ago, and I would have said, hey, guess what? In six years, Big 12 is going to have 16. OU and Texas are gone, and Big 12 is going to be the number three conference in the country. You know, you would say, well, apparently the Action Network doesn't, doesn't do drug tests. But um, that's, that's where we're at right now. Brett, um, with the Oregon and Washington going to the Big 10, and that kind of shaking out how it did, how did the sentiments of the Big Ten change on giving them a partial share, um, adding in the travel, and USC in uh, particular not wanting those schools in because they kind of wanted this themselves for a little while. Yeah, and I, I thought that the Big Ten would wait because I've been told that I think others had too. They didn't want to be, you know, viewed as the one that, you know, fired the kill shot on the Pac-12. Although, you know, I mentioned it the other day, they started the fire. I think ultimately they just, you know, NBC and CBS and Fox, you've got three major networks that want as many marquee games as you can get. So you're adding two big brands out west to go with USC and UCLA. And so that's only going to increase the value of your TV deal and bring up more high-profile marquee matchup. It is it is NFL-like. Um, and they're sitting at 18. I don't. I think they'll get to 20. I honestly don't know who. Do they send a lifeline to, to Stanford and Cal, or do they wait to see what happens in the ACC? I think they get to 20 at some point. I don't think the SEC wants to expand. But if the Big Ten goes to 20, the SEC is not staying at 16. Unless nobody can get out of the ACC, then they would then they would stand out at 16. So I think the Big Ten just looked at, again, this isn't a one, two, or three-year play. This is 5, 10, 20 years down the future. It's kind of like uh, you're playing a pickup game. Do you want to have the first pick and get who's available, or do you want to wait for the last pick, which is kind of where the Pac-12 is, and pick who's left? And then you get, get down to picking last there really aren't any good options. So that's why I think the Big Ten decided that we need to go ahead and, and make, the, make this thing work. And one last thing, those guys coming in early in the, in the, in the uh, Big Ten, they will not get full shares. But they still will be making more than they would have made if they stayed behind in the Pac-12. Okay, so let's, if you don't mind, go back over this. Uh, three teams are entering. We know Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. That's just a matter of being official. They will be getting the full share like Colorado? Yes. Does the exit fee, does the exit fee that the Big Twelve received from Texas and Oklahoma help get them to that point, or do you feel like that's that's a different animal? That that is a possibility. Okay. Because uh, what I was told about the the Big Ten, so they and I haven't seen the final numbers that have come out, but the Big Ten initially was talking Oregon, Washington in the in the thirty range, thirty million per school per year. 
And so to actually get that number up to around 40, they were actually, for lack of a better description, almost taking on a loan so that those guys could get up to 40. The other schools, I think the first year will be at 50, and then they'll keep moving up. And then after uh, after a few years, then Oregon and Washington will be a full-fledged member, and then they would they would either pay back that money that they were, quote, loaned, or I talked to one guy that I really trust that, that knows how these things work, and he thinks they'll just be they'll just wipe it away and say, yeah, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay that back. You're good. I do not know how the Big 12 is going to do that concerning schools 15 and 16, but I but I do know that they will get the same the same uh, the same number as Colorado. Okay. Do you think that Florida State will have disruption partners in the ACC anytime soon, or will they let Florida State? kind of float all these different legal balloons and private equity and all these other things out before publicly joining them? I think I'm fairly confident in saying that, uh, and you can say this and play it back for me, Florida State will be the first one over the wall. Now, whether that happens before August 15th or after August 15th, that's yet to be determined. I do think once they get over the wall (laughs) – and they take a rain of bullets, I think you're going to see some more folks jump over the wall. It's easy to get over the wall, but as you guys know, how do you get out of 12 years worth of grant of rice? So that would be tricky. You can get out of the, get over the wall, but if you can't get out of the grant of rice, you're not going to be attracted to any, any conference, obviously the Big Ten or the SEC. So that's the tricky part for Florida State and any of the, any of the other ACC schools. Brett, I know you got to go, and I do appreciate it, but it, now that the Pac-12 is obviously more than wobbly with what's happened, which now could be five more teams, um, or will be five more teams, do they remain a Power 5, or if they are, what must they do to get there? Well, so, like I said, we only have, th- we only have three years left in the right. current system. So I, don't, I honestly don't know the, the fine print as far as, what you are, what you must do to re- remain a, a autonomy five conference. Um, you can't look. You can't be a conference with four members. So, uh, you know, the other thing is, you know, if they go to the Mountain West, you can't suddenly rename the Mountain West to Pac-12 and say, okay, you guys get all the benefits Pac-12 has. Um, and then also, uh, you know, there's a lot of like get going down the rabbit hole. Who gets the um, NCAA basketball tournament units and stuff. Right. If there's no longer a conference, do so those just stick with the school? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm sure that's something that the college football playoff will have to figure out. Good news is they've got a year to figure that out. But yeah, if they can't get back up to the minimum number for a conference, I believe it's eight. Correct me if I'm wrong. Then yeah, they're not going to be they're not going to be an autonomous five. Um, conference anymore and I, I've kind of always thought this when we went from the BCS to the 14 playoff we used to have the, the six automatic qualifying conferences the Big East was one of those six well what happened we go to the 14 playoff and they decide you know what the Big East you lost Pitt and Syracuse you're no longer a major conference so now we're going to we're going to have the autonomous five conferences and the Big East is just out I mean the Big East screamed and kicked and did everything um to try to keep that from happening, but ultimately they, they only had one vote. And so they were done with. So now kind of the same format. We're going in 2026 to a new 
format with the playoff the end of the current 12-year run, do we then also cut it back from five autonomous or power conferences? Do we cut that back to four? Do we cut that back to three? Um, you know, that, that's to be seen. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know specifically for the final two years of this deal what's going to happen with the Pac-12. But if they, do, if they don't have eight members, they, they're not a conference, so they still can't be that. And then how do you – look, the Pac-12 gets a, a giant slice of the, of the pie, the money from the college football playoff. You know, where does that money go? Is it distributed between all the other conferences? Will it stick with the power conferences? Will everyone get an equal share? Again, all these things got to be worked out and certainly be in the Big 12 position where currently you're number three um, at the table. It carries a lot more power and clout than, than if you're uh, – through the Pac-12 or, or you're in one of the group five Brett, before we let you go, I just saw this as you were mentioning the playoff from Stuart Mandel. Uh, there's the question of whether the 12-team CFP will still reserve six spots for conference champions in 2024. Executive Director Bill Hancock told him, it's too soon to say the CFP management committee and the board will discuss the future format when it becomes appropriate. So, Yeah, yeah they're not, look, they're not going to do anything now because they don't, Heck, they don't know what's going to happen in the next two weeks. I mean, so doing anything now would be, make, you know, drawing up out the uh, drawing the contract up, you know, in sand, you know, next to the beach. It's going to get washed away in two minutes. So that that's not that's not surprising. But they do they do have to figure that out. They've got to figure that out. They've also got to figure out going forward um, with the twelve team playoff that starts in in four years. That model, how how are they going to do it? Just because we're doing it a certain way. Um, and 24 and 25 does not necessarily mean that's what we're going to have moving forward. And in fact, I would almost guarantee it's not going to be the same because the Big Ten and SEC will have the biggest input on what that's going to look like going forward. Brett, thank you, buddy. I mean, seriously, thank you. Great job. What a roller coaster earlier this morning and what it is now and what it will be this weekend. Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. Make sure you do. Uh, text me that address, okay? Uh, thank you so much for your time. Have a, hopefully, a relaxing and somewhat great weekend. I appreciate it. And anytime, guys, good talking to you. Yes, sir. Brett McMurphy, who, again, leveraged us. <laughs> yeah. Do you look. Before I, he tweeted that Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah see, were coming in. Hey, uh, I, I gotta, I've got to say thank you to somebody who watches our show every day and sends me a ton of tweets. His name's Dylan Vance. He's a West Virginia fan. Dylan sends me tweets all day long. Great stuff. And I, I thank you, Dylan. Dylan sent me that tweet, and I responded to him like he's on in two minutes. Literally, we're yep. about to say goodbye to, to Dr. Livingstone. Uh, we, we blew through the break there because, you know, we're supposed to have him on at 510. I'm calling him at 510. Let's roll and get this. And he, he tweeted that, and then he's on our show. Uh, that's great. Look, synergy for us in Action Network. Hey, HQ, love it. Uh, it was, I mean, that's, that's as soon after news is broken that I think we've gotten the person who broke yeah, it no. on ever. But, yeah, it was, that was great. That was, that was really good. It was incredible. Garrett, I just sent you whatever I sent you prior to that. Let's summarize. Jake Plummer is going to join us here maybe in the next five minutes or so, former Arizona State great. So, Garrett, I just sent you one with a statement from both Washington and also a statement from Oregon, or at least a, a, a note from Oregon on what they're doing. So to summarize, right now it's just a matter of approval. The Big 12, although it appears as if the votes are there, 
that Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State will be joining the Big 12 Conference effective next school year, 24-25. That adds to Colorado. That gets the number to 16. The Big 10 adding Washington and Oregon, which kind of was the um, the part that led to, I think, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Even though they understood they probably would end up in the Big 12, when that happened, about mid-morning, then all bets were off. The Pac-12 now has to look around and go, what's next for us? I don't know what this means for them. I don't know about mergers with the Mountain West or even others, SMU. I don't know what this means for the commissioner and George Klyovkov. But it, it doesn't look good. And if, uh, it means he's got a lot less to do. No, I think his plate is busier now than ever unless well, he he's taking four, the place been taken away from him. schools to take care of no, now. He better, I mean, have, he better that, have some more. That's just math. Got him, Smokey. All right, here's the statement today from the University of Washington, thanks to Mike Burrell. The Big Ten is a thriving, conference-strong, athletic, academic traditions, and we are excited and confident about competing at the highest level on the national stage. University President Ann Mary Cossain. Uh, Kasi, my top priority must be to do what is best for our student-athletes, our university, and this move will help ensure a strong future for our athletics program. Oregon, this is mainly a tweet into the story, but they put this out there. The University of Oregon will join the Big Ten Conference in 2024. Go Ducks. So there it is, even though that story's been out there. Brett McMurphy, Dennis Dodd, Pat Crakes, Jason Shear from earlier today, and on Dr. Livingstone happened to be scheduled for today. They did not know when I was – they didn't know today was the day that, like, everything would break loose. And coming up next is Arizona State great Jake Plummer. You know – Who did not know. He was driving through Wyoming. He wasn't sure about – he didn't know about Oregon, Washington, until I told him, and he's coming on with us here in just you, a moment. You know who this day is really going to be weird for? And Oregon State and Washington State, you know, they're in a power conference and not. But you were a week ago when UConn thought that, like, yep. hey – if everything falls right for us in the next couple of weeks, we could get uh, a power conference yep. invite. Uh, now I don't know when that happens for them. Um, yeah, uh, it is going to be that Big 12. That that will went from the possibility that things broke down in the Pac-12 had found a way to yet another part of the grant of rights just could not be agreed to by enough people. And then all of a sudden, here comes... Oregon and Washington are the Big Ten, and then, of course, Arizona, which was already out the door for the most part, and then they were trying to cling to their collar. Arizona State scratching and clawing, clawing through uh, uh, smoking coal and broken glass, but they're coming, and Utah is too. When we come back, what's the reaction of one of the great names in Arizona State football history, Jake Plummer, and this is 365 Sports. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive in Waco. What they, they added yet another uh, Stairmaster machine today. They are adding machines, it seems like, daily. And I'm like, when they renovated what is the main showroom or workroom or weight floor, workout floor, I, 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 I can't imagine, like, how are you going to fill this? Because there was some more space, which was good because people were on top of each other. They, the locker rooms renovated both the men and women. The whirlpools are right now being redone. And then, of course, there's the sauna, which is great. 
And then on top of that, now these machines that are arriving constantly and what they're updating. 40-plus group exercise classes from boot camp to cycle class spin or spinnerville to bar to yoga, and there's so much more. And now on top of that, personal trainers, uh, including Christy London, Randall Corley, Nathan, who's been there now for about a month or two, and how he has brought to the table even more opportunities for people to have a personal trainer to change who you are when it comes to health and fitness. It's not easy. It is methodical, and working out is the best way. Diets are great. Many things can help, but that is the way because that's what helped me go from 282 to under 200 pounds and even as low as 190. It is the way to do it. Waco and they, the tennis academy that they have in the back with Britt and Kenna and also with Blake for men, women, youth, and also adult tennis. Pickleball with Jody Thurman. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness, Lakeshore Drive in Waco. Looking for power, performance, adventure, or luxury? We've got it all at Alan Samuels in Waco. Find amazing deals during the Make This the Summer sales event on new Ram trucks, Jeep SUVs, Chrysler sedans, minivans, or a sporty Dodge. At Alan Samuels, we're committed to taking care of our customers. And that means a large inventory on hand for you to choose from. Shop alansamuelsdcj.com or come see us today at Alan Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. Three Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers, too. Nachos and and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry, and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone-in ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday. A full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, or WacoCustomMarketplace.com. Come 
It takes time to reach goals. It's a truth that applies to more than sports. It goes for your financial goals as well. You work hard for your money, and you deserve an investment strategy that lines up with your game plan. And Chuck Verno, your Edward Jones financial advisor, can help. If financial investments aren't putting forth the effort you desire, stop by today for a financial review. Chuck Verno, 720 North 64th Street in Waco, 254-732-1161. Edward Jones, member SIPC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 5 o'clock hour is brought to you by Edward Jones Investments and financial advisor Chuck Verno, who'll navigate you through today's financial climate. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. Well, we have uh, had quite the day. It's been quite the last couple of weeks. Colorado last week, and today it will it'll all work out. Tonight, you will probably hear something official with Utah, Arizona, Arizona State. They have, uh, again, they're applying. We knew Arizona was ahead of the curve. Utah and Arizona State right behind that curve, and maybe Utah second. But that's about to happen. The reporters we've had on the air uh, we can't appreciate, we can't thank them enough, and also for you being a part of the show. So what does a former great at Arizona State University think? Jake the Snake Plumber joins us on 365 Sports. Jake, when you and I spoke earlier, it was still not quite sure. It is now all but official that your alma mater is about to be a part of the Big 12 next, not this season, but next season. Your thoughts and reaction to that, and thank you for your time. Yeah, I don't know. The whole college scene's pretty wacky. It uh, looks like, you know, the money, wherever the money is, teams are going. Um, but all in all, it doesn't change the maroon and gold and that it's still the Sun Devils. And there's a rich history there of uh, a lot of lot of great players coming through there and a lot of great coaches and uh, long history. And whether it's, I guess, you know, the Pac-8, what it used to be, then the Pac-10, Pac-12, now it looks like it's going to be the Big 12. Um you know, as long as it's uh, competitive and these, these kids get an opportunity to get an education and go play ball and do something special, I guess it really doesn't matter what conference you're in, in my mind. Does it does it sting for nostalgia a little bit for you? or Because you've you know, we've had you on the show before. <laughs> you have moved – like people need to know a little bit more about like what your post-football life has been like. You have mentally and physically to kind of moved so past where a lot of guys are when it comes to following the game anymore. Does it make yeah. you nostalgic or does it, does it not register as much anymore? Well, man, I already just got used to saying Pac-12, you know, by working <laughs> with the Pac-12 network and they were in the Pac-12, not the Pac-10. And now, you know, it's going to be big 12. So uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I, I, I more than anything, uh, you know, as all this is really is big news and it's, uh, it's, it's everyone talking about it. It's more concern for me is these young athletes that are getting, yep. you know, being, being coming out of high school with these guarantees of money and, and riches and not necessarily, uh, you know, the emphasis on what it was, you know, just seven, eight years ago of, of, you know, being a student athlete. Now, you know, when, when colleges and, and programs and teams make these moves and transitions, it's not for the betterment of these children and these kids. I shouldn't say children, but these young men. It's all for, you know, money and, and purposes of having money and being able to be competitive with money and clout and ego and 
who's the best team and can we compete with the SEC and can we can we have a team represented in the national title game and so you know I, I more or less have more of a concern for the athletes that are coming out of high school uh, you know get given these guarantees of all this money and then they go and they play where's their motivation anymore because for me I played for ASU I played for the maroon and gold I played because I was getting an education and I played because this college gave me an opportunity with Bruce Snyder you know and Bobby Petrino Danny Cassetto recruiting me they said you know if you come here we feel you're a very key important ingredient maybe the missing ingredient to to building this national title team that we want to build here and I thought, what the hell? That's the only coach in the country that told me that. And so I went, and we damn near did it. You know, Bruce Snyder engineered and had great coaches and players. And so my, my heart and soul was into to playing ball for ASU and not to make hundred grand or 250000 or to get a car for me and get a house paid for. And, like, my motivation was to play ball for the Arizona State Sun Devils and to win a national title. Then I knew that riches would come after that. You know, you could go play in the NFL if you stayed healthy and took care of business at the college level. But now, where is the motivation here? What is that motivation? And, and, and how many players benefit, but also how many get left behind and still have all the injuries, all the, all the wear and tear, the mental anguish, and, and have to then cope with that post-career when they're still young men. You know, they're in their mid-20s, early 20s. So, as it's a big move for ASU, it's a big move for college football. Uh, I think it's more of a move for the industry of college football, not necessarily a very good move for, for the kids that are really the most important thing in my mind because they're the, they're the action on the field. They're the ones we're going to watch. We're not going to watch the commissioners of these conferences or the coaches or the, the, the presidents of these schools or the ADs of these schools have a, have a meeting. We're going to watch these young men put it down on the field and, I think as long as they're rewarded and they're, you know, maybe look, looked after for long term, you know, something set aside for them with all this money and all this cash generated, something set aside for them long term. So when they turn 35 and their knees start aching when a, when a storm front comes in, they don't have to go pay for that. They've got some kind of like insurance set aside for what they laid down for the Arizona State Sun Devils in the new Big 12 conference, you know, is there got to be a way to take care of these athletes and, and, and long term better than we are um although you know hey this, this is a good move for the conference and for the team so be it what is my what does my opinion matter really when, when it comes down to it <laughs> jake uh, and we appreciate that uh, your, your transparency honesty from a perspective of where you have been and where you are now could you imagine the arizona arizona state let's say arizona was out the door and they have been and then Arizona State, I think they've been kind of scratching and clawing. Dr. Crow was doing everything he could for that not to happen, although he was taking heat because of what the future and reality was. Can you imagine yeah. if their rivalry was split up? Yeah, I mean, that's a long-standing, one of the oldest rivalries uh, in the country, and it has uh, a lot of rich history, um, you know, being from the same state. Uh, we've seen it in other other states we've seen it in other you know big time games that have been split apart because of uh, the realignment so you know for both teams to go I guess that's a good thing uh although you know the main thing is just being competitive if, if ASU can go and be competitive and, and they don't change their their logo as long as Sparky's still on the sideline and the colors stay the same you know it doesn't bother me where they're playing I mean I'm still going to root for the Sun Devils I'm still going to pay attention to what they're doing there and, and give, give my, 
help when it's needed and go, you know, visit the new coaching staff. I like Coach Dillingham. I think he's, uh, he's, he's born and raised there in Tempe and, and has a lot of, a lot of heart behind what he wants to do there. Um, the main thing is just winning ball games. Um, as we saw with, you know, Dion coming here to see you, does it matter? It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of news, but does it matter unless they win ball games? And not that winning is the only thing, but in this scene of college football, you know, if you don't win, you know, you're out the door. So, uh, back to the kids, back to the, the, the players, you know, as long as there is something set aside for them that a lot of them are realizing, you know, this game of football only lasts a certain amount of time. If you're lucky, you can play through your college career. And if you're really lucky, you get a few years in the NFL. And then if you're blessed uh, by some guardian angels or whatever you want to say, you can have a 10 year career like I had in the NFL and then set yourself up for financial freedom and the ability to be, able to do a lot of good, a lot of good for not only your family and friends, but a lot of good for, uh, you know, any charities or raising awareness for any sorts of causes like, like what I've been behind with health and wellness and the opportunities I've had to start a company, uh, Umbo, you know, to, to, to bring the word out that there's a better way to, to, to go about your health and wellness. I mean, those doors opened up because I was able to choose, pick and choose what I wanted to do. And these kids that don't get that opportunity that, that maybe go through some injuries or, or, or still are getting, you know, their heads, their bells rung, their bodies beaten up. You know, I think that hopefully there's some plans in place to allow, you know, like a former NFL player after five years, we don't have insurance. Um, but these college players, none of them have insurance when they get out of college. They got a degree, hopefully. Um, is there a way to set some, some funds aside for their, you know, long-term, you know, not financial security, but just, you know, physical security so they can go get, get some of these things taken care of. Because playing football, regardless of realignment or Big 12, it's a physical game. and It takes a toll on your body. Yeah, by the way, I was going to ask you about Umbo. We, I, I had a bar at the, at the Super Bowl at Radio Row. Uh, really liked it. Uh, w- w- it was quite tasty. They're damn good, huh? Yeah, they are really yeah, They are quite good. And, and <laughs> you know, look, you, you mentioned it, it, mushrooms and all this. Like, I, I was going to ask you, like, how it's going and how Umbo's doing. And uh, because it was really, I'd never even thought about having a mushroom bar before. I, I, I'm Italian. I eat them in almost everything. So, uh, but yeah, it was good. It was really good. Yeah, things are good. You know, it's an educational process with, with the, all the news of psychedelics and psych science happening here in Denver, 10,000 plus attendees. You know, when, when I go and talk mushrooms, because of the past of, of, of going in and working with hemp and with Charlotte's Web and the cannabis industry, people automatically assume or they don't really know much about fungi. And they, they think I'm trying to give them a, a bar that has psychedelics in it. And that's ridiculous. You know, I mean, I'm I'm, I am a believer in what psilocybin and all that can do, but we have to be really careful as we approach, you know, decriminalizing that. While these functional mushrooms, what we're doing at Umbo, uh, they're, they've been used for hundreds of years in Eastern medicine, Chinese medicine, for a multitude of ailments and disease to treat them, uh, to, to help with your long-term longevity, to bring your body back into balance, to build your immune system. Uh, to help with your cognitive function and your sleep and your reactions to stress. They're really a, a beautiful organism that really can benefit the body in, in a lot of different ways. So I'm having fun. Uh, it's always a, a, an educational process for me as I'm learning more and more every day and then also teaching people every day that these won't trip you out. You won't have hallucinations. <laughs> they're, they're legal. We sell our bars at REI. Our capsules are amazing. Our rise and our rest. 
Our tinctures are really good. If you want to go that route, adding them to a coffee or a morning drink or whatever. But if you're not putting mushrooms into your daily supplements, you've basically eliminated, eliminated an entire food group from your, from your intake. And, and it has a lot of benefits. It'd be like, you know, cutting out vegetables. You know, when you pop them back into your body, you'd start feeling the benefits of that. And so it's an education process. I'm having fun. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's again, it's just my path and my journey has been a, a fun one. I still pay attention to football. I just don't get that involved like I, I was back when I was working for the Pac-12. Uh, but I still enjoy watching, you know, young men go out and, and put it down and, and, and fight for something they believe in. Uh, Jake, we are good friends with Phil Snow, who was the defensive coordinator here at Baylor. He was the yeah. D.C. at Arizona State when you were there. Uh, he has told us, particularly just to Raz Smokey, the Nebraska fan, stories <laughs> about mean, that fantastic game that you guys played against them. Uh, he is, uh, like, he's got a billion stories. I mean, he's been everywhere, but um, just wanted coach. to bring him up. And uh, I know he wasn't your coach, but he was around. And he is, he is yeah. an unbelievable guy to just hang around and talk to. Great coach, man. You know, we had a, we had a really good offense. Uh, what happened between, you know, 95 and 96 was that we added a couple guys, Derek Rogers mainly, um, and the scheme on our defense was, was just awesome. And Coach Snow doesn't get a lot of credit for, you know, orchestrating the, being the D coordinator for that team, for that defense that was, that was, they were strong, man. They, they bailed us out on offense many times. Uh, but yeah, that 96 season was really special. A lot of great coaches. And I, I had four quarterback coaches in my career. And first was Bobby Petrino and then Hugh Jackson and uh, Dan Henson and John Pettis. And so, you know, Hugh Jackson was a he- and Bobby both head coaches in the NFL. I got to get coached by them as a young man at ASU. So, you know, we had a lot of great players, but we did have a lot of great coaches, Phil Snow being one of them. Jake, we appreciate it. I hope your trip is going well. I know you're up in the near the mountains in the, what Wyoming, I think you told me, and, and enjoying that trip. Uh, we appreciate it. We've had you on during Super Bowls on Radio Row and having you today on this what is a uh, a huge day with the Big 12, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. That's about to be official sometime later on today. We appreciate it. Yeah, wow. It's wild. wild. Things are always changing, so uh... – Anybody listening, though, if you want to go to getumbo.com, check us out. Go read up on it and do your own do your own research. And if you want to feel better, uh, there's a tool there for you. So thanks for the opportunity, guys, to speak and share my, share my thoughts. You too. Thank you for what you bring to the table as well and also the, uh, the website that he gave you at the end. Um, when we come back, we're going to have Paul's top five. I uh, I did see this one. Garrett, did you have the Chip Kelly tweet from this is like it seemed like four days ago. This was an interesting note on Chip Kelly telling Ben Block, this telling UCLA media or whoever was there on packed on Big Ten travel. We won't play any games before 1230 our time. So that would be 330 kickoffs wherever they go if it's to the East Coast. So we'll stay on our same time schedule because we'd leave Friday play a game, which would be noon for us, three for them, Saturday, and come back. Now, that is before the Oregon-Washington thing, which is where they've been playing back and forth for years. But can Fox guarantee that? Was that something where they will make sure that USC, UCLA, and then now perhaps Oregon and Washington would not play anywhere before what would be 1230 their time? 
that's going to be interesting to kind of manage that. If they can't yeah. rate for the schools who are going to be headed to the east, what about those going to the west? Are they going to play any games at night on the west coach? Would could uh, seven o'clock could be nine o'clock or ten he, o'clock? He says that now when he didn't know about this other stuff going on. I don't know if that will necessarily hold true for all of them. I'm sure they're going to try to do that for the majority of them. Yeah, because you're just if you want. LA eyeballs, putting them on at 9.30 in the morning is a pretty stupid thing to do. Yeah. You know, it just is. Because even if people, the majority of people are awake that aren't college students, A, and B. So if you're going to say, all right, hey, we got this UCLA-Wisconsin game. Great. It's on at 9.30 your time. I don't think they're that's going to do well in the LA market that they want. Yeah. You know, they're going to need to push it. So super chat from Charles Barkey, who had a big one with us yesterday as a youth fan. Thank you, big 12 for holding the door open for us. Happy to be home. Uh, we have so much to get to. We will come back to summarize before we go to the break with the top five, Oregon and Washington are headed to the big 10, 24, 25 by the end of tonight. Most likely you will hear the official announcement of Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah to the Big 12 in 24-25. That's for right now the two biggest parts of this. We've had every guest we could imagine based on time, reached out to even others based on time they had or we had. And what a day it has been. And a shift of momentum from earlier this morning when it appeared at least what I have been told by many was just a last-second stalling tactic that perhaps – the Pac-12 was going to get all nine remaining schools to sign a grant of rights. That dissipated over 90 minutes or so. And here we are where we are today. This is 365 Sports. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late-night pizza run and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears! Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate at TexasBeefHouse.com. Samantha Duvall joins us. She's the marketing director who knows all of the specials and also the events coming up. And thank you very much, as always, for your time. So all of these holidays are over. We've hit the meat of, literally, of the summer. And your thoughts about as you hit the month of August and into football season, Samantha? Football season's right around the corner, Seth means it's perfect time for tailgating 
Um, the best time to grab our hamburger patties is right now through the end of July. We still have our sale going on with our regular patties and our jalapeno and cheese patties. They're $12 a package, so that's four patties to a package. It's perfect for the time for football. Gather all your family around. That way you can grill it up. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu and how they age it as well. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. It's time for Paul Catalina's Top 5 Brought to you by Texas Beef House Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House Unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu From our pasture to your plate TexasBeefHouse.com Top 5 realignment thoughts of the day I mean, I could do many other topics, but right now it would just be stupid. Like, what, like I could, I could finish my Big Twelve, like how they win the Big Twelves, which might happen. I've got one in the kitty for Iowa State, Emory. I think that's the one. Houston, Houston, yeah, um, yeah. We already did Iowa State. I've it's just been so long with all these realignments. But number five, if the Pac-12 is in fact no more. Then do the ACC and Mountain West Conference move up a rung on the playoff ladder? Now, Bill Hancock, of course, kind of reigned on that parade a little bit, saying they're going to make the appropriate decisions when they have to. So I'm kind of worried that they're not going to go stick their neck out and go, well, we said the top six. Well, now that one of those conferences is gone, we're not going to do that anymore. It's going to be the top five, and then they'll just add that large bid. Okay. I mean, I, I think that, like, they've never been all, all that altruistic before to these leagues, and I don't see any reason to start now. Yeah, like, I, I thought they would. I wish it, they would. Is but. that – I know the FSU, ACC, the all that. I, I know that that's going to take center stage here even more so. But this is what's next, right? How are they going to react? The Big 12 did when they lost Texas and Oklahoma, and they did immediately, like within a couple of months – and now the question is, who is it going to be called the Pac-12? Is it going to be called the Mountain West? Is it going to... Well, I mean, like, again, my question is just about the playoff. Right oh, here. Oh. So, like, do... If it's the top oh, I get six, yeah. does now that mean that the AAC and the Mountain West have a better opportunity because... Well, it, it doesn't matter the name of the conference, but, but the better opportunity, absolutely, if it ends up being... But Bill Hancock kind of maybe said, well... It may not be – like he said, well, they'll make that appropriate determination when they have to. Yeah, I know. So, and, and I don't mm. – Things have changed. Number four, is private equity coming to college sports? Because that's what Florida State – we haven't even really talked about this that much today. Because we uh, – We had so much other, like, actual breaking news. Unfortunately, Paul, I know we did mention it. Spotify uh, had the report, but – Sportico. Spotify. And then, wasn't that the tweet? No, Sportico. Sportico right. is the business. Spotify is where you listen to Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you listen to Disturbed on Spotify? Probably. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, they can do whoever they are until they get pissed off about Rogan being there. Uh, but uh, all right, so but Florida State. The is answer to that is a, a, apparently, I would think it's going to invade the NFL, pro sports, and I think eventually yeah. it's going to invade. It's like gambling. Yeah, but see, so the private equity that we're talking about is not necessarily. So I know there's a meme going around about Saudi Arabia. I don't know if the money that Florida State is looking at is necessarily coming from them. The report from Sportico says J.P. Morgan Chase, which is an American company, but they, of course, take money from everywhere, and Sixth Street Partners, which is an American company, but I don't know where all their money comes from, but they have like $65 million. Out of Austin, in, Texas? Yeah, absolutely is. Uh, and so Sixth Street Partners, they are one of these the firms. They've got... Um, a partnership in the Spurs, Barcelona. There's another college or another uh, European soccer team. They also bought a, a national women's uh, soccer league franchise, the highest valuation for that. So they're in this. So Florida State is, has gone to be a part of this, and there are laws in Florida that, that may allow them to do this maybe differently than other states could. So as private equity come into college sports, and if Florida State does it, who else is not far behind doing it? Because it's not like they're going to be the only ones who be like, ah, we thought of this before all the rest of you guys. All right, no, we I, get all the private equity funds. Well, no, so. I, I agree. But you know what? I just like, uh, and uh, we know about some of the most, the, the, the businesses or professions that sponsor sports, pro or college, beer, right? But gambling was a no-no. Mm-hmm. And now you see the spots, the, the, the various sports books or whoever, FanDuel, what's the other one? Uh, DraftKings. DraftKings. You're seeing them. They're everywhere. And then, of course, you know, there's a no-no to talk about ED. Now you see those commercials everywhere. Am I right? Right? And then you're going to have this will be a part of it. Just like it, it, whatever can develop the money, create the money, help people pay the bills and or survive. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> What are you laughing at? This is a funny comment. Nobody would get it except for FSU people. Oh, okay. Uh, was, All right. Uh, there was a, it was a pretty funny thing. Uh, number three. We should have about 10,000 FSU people uh, who watch because. I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, which Pac-12 schools will have new presidents soon? We know Stanford will. Um, Arizona State, I wonder about Michael Crow. And I'll say this. He has done things for that university academically that there was probably a time they could only dream of. And they have taken the step. They are on the cutting edge of a lot of things in Tempe on the, on the academic side. On the athletic side, they've kind of lulled into mediocrity. And being one of the biggest, you know, biggest universities in the country, the, the kind of ridiculously diverse student population that comes from all over the country to go there, uh, they've got a lot of things going for them. So athletically, it should be a no-brainer that, you know, a down year should be eight and four in football. They should be an NCAA tournament team in basketball just by waking up in the morning. You know, they, they used to have the best baseball program you could possibly imagine yep, yep. At, at Arizona State. You know, all the things should be good there, but they've just not been. And for university presidents, these are the things that get you fired. Really. I mean, you see it all the time. They can navigate a lot of the educational pitfalls and, and, and wind through, but I've seen it happen here twice, twice at Baylor were the presidents that got fired and let go. Um, John Lilly and Ken Starr, they got let go. Ken Starr because of a controversy, because of um, a crisis in athletics, honestly, about right. all of that that went on. And then John Lilly, who had other issues. I mean, there were other things that were going on. But the thing that pushed him across the line was he wanted to change the logo. It wasn't, 
I mean, that was the thing that pushed the straw that broke the camel's back was messing with yeah, sports. You, yeah, you mess with things like our traditional. Mm-hmm. That, that you, you get on the wrong side of that. By the way, Matthew Tolman back to Florida State. What if Florida State defaults on its loan? Does J.P. Morgan take over management of the school? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, that, that might be better. So, no, I don't know. Um, by the way, uh, Sarah Stock uh, said her joke was they'll take possession of all the Bubba burgers in Tallahassee, which are these. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that was they do. Number two, how long will we hear about the ACC now? Because once the dirt is kicked on whatever's left of the Pac-12, the focus turns to the ACC and how – Florida State reacts, and like Brett McMurphy believes, they'll be the first one over the wall. But what what does that mean? How much will we hear about that? Is there anything that Jim Phillips can do to stave this off of the pass? Because Florida State, and if you go and, and read the minutes or watch back any of that Board of Trustees meeting or hear what was said, there was, I mean, there were a lot of things thrown out there, and you can take the numbers that they put out how you want them or apply them how they are. But the bottom line is that Florida State is a university believes that they are uh, top 20 in spending in their um, athletic departments in the country. They, you know, have a, a great history when it comes to football and, and they believe that they should be making the kind of money that uh, particularly the cross state rival is in Florida. That's what they want to wake up in the morning and get the same check that Florida does. And they've got to figure out a way to do that because the ACC situation uh, was signed this long grant of rights that seemed like this great idea at the time, but really, um, you know, has now put the ACC in terms of now they have to deal with winding up as the fourth place conference revenue wise. And so whether Florida state's right to do this or not, or whether it's smart to do this or not, that remains to be seen on how this all works out for them. But the ACC now moves into that PAC 12 position of let's try to make these people happy. And it's so different because the PAC 12 had an expiring contract and the ACC is just the opposite. Theirs feels like it's in perpetuity. Yeah, no, it, it, they're, they're front and center now. What, how the PAC 12 reacts, how the ACC handles some drama, you know, some unhappy people, at least one with the big ego of right now, the Florida state, because they're on an Island, at least for now. And then all of a sudden, after that settles down, others will be calling them going, hey, okay, Well, I mean, talk. it's, it's kind of like an election where, you know, nobody wants anybody. Like, right now, there's a lot of schools in the ACC that technically don't want FSU to win this argument, right? Because it would, it would be bad. No, they just want FSU to take all the bullets, and then they can just jump, jump on with them. Like, I knew it was a good idea the whole time. Vote for this guy, which is not the case, yeah. uh, you know, in the months leading up to the election. Number one. Does the SEC react? Do they really need to? I mean, they are so strong and so powerful. I could see them reasonably saying, no, we don't want to help out any of these teams in the ACC. How many do care. they have after Texas and OU? They'll have 16. Okay. That, We're fine at 16. Yeah. Our 16 is better than, than most. Yeah, I mean, I think they will react. I mean, you heard from all the powers that – not the powers to be, but all the, you know, kind of um, – big-time reporters that we had on the show that, yeah, they think the SEC will eventually have to react, but they can be so much more judicious than everybody else. I would be surprised if they don't at least – if they react, it would have to be through whatever happens to the ACC. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a question, a question from Dustin uh, Archambault Arizona State. Uh, on the thing. If Florida State privatizes, then at what point does the government get really involved? These schools get federal funding. See, that's interesting because there's a law in Florida that apparently shields them and allows them to do this. So they'll, they're going to test that law. 
basically going to test the bounds of limits to see what they can do with that. So when does the government get involved? Well, apparently the government's already made it possible for them to do it. So um, I just don't know how they... I just don't know how they get this all done and what the plan is. All right. Uh, by the way, Levi wanted me to mention a thank you to since Big 12 Media Days. We've got up 700 plus Twitter followers and 1,800 subscribers since Big 12 Media Days. Thank you so much for doing that. If you're watching this channel and not subscribing, we don't normally ask for subs. We kind of like to have things uh, happen organically. But if you would like and subscribe, that does help. And it helps out any show you watch on YouTube. It, it does. It absolutely helps out. So if you watch a show regularly on YouTube, whether it's us or someone else, if you're doing that every day, like and subscribe. Uh, we certainly appreciate it when you do, if you get the chance. To. Yeah, again, it's been a, a great run. Uh, started like what early last week with the Colorado news, and then it was – uh, by the way, Michael Goodrich, MD, any ideas if there's ever early talk about changing the Big 12 name? Here's my answer to that, maybe. But here's my answer to that. You may change it to Big 16, and then it goes to 18. The Big 10 has what? Now they're going to have 16? Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to have 18. Eight. They're not changing the name of their conference. They could have 24. It will be the Big 10. Uh, so I, I, you know, that's the SEC is pretty protected by that, and so is the ACC because the numbers are not in the name. But that's it's a it's a very unique uh, situation. But I, and it's also a legitimate question. Uh, Craig Smoke back with us on Monday. He's been out throughout the week. I spoke with him a little bit earlier today. I said, Hey, I mean, you were here from the beginning. Do you want to jump on for a little bit? He was out of, headed out of town, but uh, appreciate uh, the fact he was able to get away. Paul had his. Uh, vacation. I had a bunch of little mini ones and then also went to Florida. And, uh, well, you know, maybe another day or two between now and the opening week of high school football, which is in less than three weeks, or is it three weeks from today? God, that's a frightening thought. But uh, we're back full throttle tomorrow. Emory Winter, my goodness, I don't even know how you put together everything today for CW because there's so many segments we could use. Garrett, great job weaving through my 97... Uh, Email, Jason Shear, Softy from KJR in Seattle, Dennis Dodd, Pat Crakes, Dr. Livingstone, Brett McMurphy, Jake Plummer, all of you, thank you. And we appreciate you having a great, uh, enjoy a weekend. Tonight, the news most likely official on those incoming three. I'm David Smoke for Paul Catalina. This has been fun, and thank you. Good night, 365 Sports. Ideal MRI is a small family business right here in Central Texas. We're open to support you while lowering the cost of health care bills. When you need an MRI, ask your doctor for an Ideal MRI. Visit us at IdealMRI.com or call us at 833-IDEAL-MRI.